The Ford F-150 truck drives smart design forward. The standard 12-inch productivity screen helps you get what you need done too. And the available Pro-Access tailgate improves access to bed and cargo and utilization of the bed, including when towing a trailer. Together with a wider bumper step, it's easier to access the bed and load in tight spaces. An available Pro Power onboard serves as a mobile power source, providing up to 7.2 kilowatts of power to charge a bed full of electric dirt bikes or run an entire job site worth of tools. I'm still driving my 2016 F-150 truck and 90,000 miles in. As long as I keep it clean, it honestly still looks brand new. I've taken it down snow-covered forest service roads, taken it out camping, put a ton of miles on it on the freeway, had five adults in the cabin for long trips, and it's been great everywhere. Super dependable. I still love the way it looks, nice and rugged design, but with a super comfortable interior. And I'm still very happy with the quality sound system and heated seats. And since I bought my 2016 F-150 truck, the list of standard amenities that make a truck feel like a luxury vehicle have only grown. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today, we take a tour of the U.S. and look at a bunch of crazy laws that are still on the books. Did you know that adultery is actually still illegal in 18 states? Or at least was as recently as 2019. And that fornication, unmarried consensual sex between adults, is still technically illegal in five states. Sodomy, still illegal in 14 states. And there are a bunch of just straight up weird laws on the books from sea to shining sea. It's illegal to collect seaweed at night in one state. It's illegal to sell dog hair in at least one state. It's illegal to toss dwarves in a bar in at least one state. Can't hunt with a ferret in another. Can't legally get married with herpes in one state. So many crazy laws out there. We'll look at at least one from every state and also from the District of Columbia, this was a fun topic to put together, but uh, a lot tougher than we expected. So much clickbait out there. So many crazy laws in every state articles or crazy laws in your state articles that listed laws that have either been off the books for a long, long time or were never on the books to begin with. Just nonsensical urban legends. Well, now you have a more reliable list to lean on. We dove into one state legislative website after another and found so much silly and oftentimes downright stupid stuff. A lot of comedy in today's suck. A lighter topic. Feel like the right time to do one. So let's have fun looking at how, just like with any other job, some politicians are terrible at what they do. In today's Who Proposed This? How did it get passed? Why hasn't it been taken it off the books yet? Legislative craziness edition of Time Suck. This is Michael McDonald, and you're listening to Time Suck. You're listening to Time Suck. <laughs> Happy Monday, Meat Sacks. It's Cult of the Curious Time. Dan Cummins, a suck master, guy whose voice is pretty much back. Thank you, daily hot water drink with local honey, fr fresh squeezed lemon juice, and lots of cayenne pepperols mixed in. And you are listening to Time Suck. Hail Nimrod, Lucifine, I love you. Praise be to good boy Bojangles. Glory be to Triple M. And happy birthday to me, May 17th. Just turned 24 or something like that. And I feel great. 
Uh, thanks for all the birthday wishes that have already come in. As I record this 10 days ahead of the day this episode comes out, which is my birthday, uh, I appreciate it. You're very kind. Uh, quick update on the Cult of the Curious official Time Suck private Facebook group. It has just gone, unfortunately, from being disabled to being completely taken down. So we did lose the original Cult of the Curious group. We're too naughty. Some Facebook customer service AI avatar, Tiago, a real boy, informed me that after reviewing the Cult of the Curious group, we can confirm that the group has been taken down and will not be restored as the group violations applied to it were deemed to be accurate. But fear not. We already have another Cult of the Curious group. We have Cult of the Curious 2. It's been out there for a little while now. You can just find it by searching Cult of the Curious 2, no spaces, inside of Facebook. And you can find so many other subgroups. Uh, or no, I guess that's not a subgroup. So many subgroups. A Cult of the Curious uh, gaming group with almost 5,000 members. Uh, Cult, of the, Cult of the Furious group. Cult of the Curious, but one where we only post savage memes group. Cult of the Curious dads only group. Cult of the Highly Curious. Cult of the Curious Moms Group, Cult of the Curious Travelers, Cult of the Curious Mental Health, and on and on and on. And we love it, especially now. We decided the best way to keep Time Sucks awesome online community going is to embrace all the subgroups that have already sprung up organically and hope that more will spring up. A lot harder for the Facebook police to shut 50 groups down than it is for them to shut one, one down. We'll keep an official one alive, but we 100% support you creating unofficial official ones. So much so that Logan Keith has made a free download, downloadable art pack of Time Suck artwork piles uh, we now have available at the Bad Magic merch store. So grab a subgroup social pack at badmagicmerch.com. In the download section of the store, uh, in this pack, you'll find assets to help promote uh, the creation of and the spread of the, uh, you know, your cult of the curious. Just please be sure to check if a similar group already exists. You know, we'd rather not have a ton of duplicates. Just kind of waters it down. Uh, we have different group profile picks available, basic colors, LARP tartans, logo variations. You'll also find two PNG files to add a profile photo behind so uh, official members can show their time suck pride. Once your group's logo is selected and, you know, colors are chosen, please set the official uh, unofficial group photo as your header. Please also pin the group rules photo at the top of the page that's provided. We encourage you to treat these colors like school spirits, right? Use hashtags, spread information, share your pride. Most of all, this is not a place to debate in anger. There are other pages for that already. Obviously, this page is about, you know, maintaining curiosity and being open-minded, whatever page you create. And while Bad Magic doesn't officially moderate any of these subgroups, you know, we do ask the admins, uh, or that the admins and the moderators respect the brand we've built, maintain a page that would please Nimrod. And if group reaches 1,000 fans, you'll be eligible for a free custom group logo variation by logo uh, by Logan upon request. And the first group to reach 2,500 fans eligible for custom merch in the store upon request. So thank you, Meat Sacks. We are legion. Uh, have fun trying to shut all of it down on Facebook, Zucker Police. Long live the suck. Uh, our online community has become too important just for us to go down without a fight. So we're excited about this. Uh, we're also currently banned from running paid advertising on both Facebook and Google, uh, just the platforms in, in general as well. Bad magic so naughty. Now for something that is not banned, some sick true crime threads. <laughs> we can't advertise it, but we can make it. We can still sell it. Uh, Edmund's Escape short sleeve button up summer shirt and swim trunks in the store at badmagicmerch.com. Let me enjoy my time on the beach, mother. Trying out a new type of merch in the store, and I love it. Uh, reminder that thanks to your time suck and scared to death Patreon donations, we were able to donate $13,800 to the Ocular Melanoma Foundation. The Ocular Melanoma Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, one of the leading research and patient support organizations focused on ocular melanoma eye cancer. It's the uh, time suck and the bad magic charity of the month to 
Find out more. Go to ocularmelanoma.org. One last announcement today, a fast and a fun one. Thursday, June 10th, mark your calendars. Just like with Scared to Death, doing another live show, this time for Is We Dumb with Mr. Joe Paisley, the Reverend Doctor, uh, hosted at loopedlive.com. The virtual doors open at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Show starts at 6.30. There's going to be a photo booth, a chat room, hopefully some more bells and whistles. And it's going to be wild because there is some content that we do hold back on a wee bit with the regular show. Probably hard to believe if you listen to it, but we just don't want to be thrown off YouTube and basically all the podcast platforms for doing so. Uh, so excited about that. And uh, to find out more about some of America's most baffling laws, just keep on listening. <laughs> yeah. Again, this was a fun one to prepare. And like I said earlier, more challenging than expected. Who knew you can't just trust clickbait websites for factual information? Uh, we did, of course. But it was even worse than we expected. It seems that roughly 90%, maybe 95% of the articles out there talking about crazy laws, crazy laws in Nebraska, crazy laws in Kansas, what, you know, just completely full of shit. They just repeat each other's nonsense over and over across the web, which is such a thing on the web, right? All those list sites, they just pull from other lists. They just like reference each other, just this loop of nonsense. And, uh, and they don't need to do that with the law stuff because there is plenty of crazy shit truly out there on the legal books. I know because we found a lot. I was, I was diving into the last 48 hours, so many different legislative websites. Uh, going to start going over some of America's most ridiculous sex laws, just because I find it interesting as hell. Uh, hail Lucifina. And, uh, you know, we still have puritanical assholes out there trying to legally regulate the consensual sexual activity between mentally competent adults in 2021. So much dumb shit to look at there. Then we're going to road trip through all 50 states and D.C., uh, looking at each one, you know, at least one weird law in every state. We'll break it up into four regions, the Northeast, New England, uh, the South, the Midwest, and the West. And then we'll wrap up, go over some takeaways, and hop into a bunch of cool updates. Let's just get started. Uh, There have been tons of terrible laws about sex in the U.S. Of course there have been. Our nation was founded by Puritans terrified to admit that they loved hard dick and wet pussy. Just like we meet sex, uh, we're quite literally born to enjoy, hey, Lucifina, adultery, still illegal. In many parts of the U.S. Now, is adultery, you know, often immoral? Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, Someone who's cheated in past relationships? Yeah, it's wrong. I knew it was wrong. Uh, Of course, there are moral exceptions. You know, there's a gray area out there for people, you know, trapped in marriages legally, but they're not really married for all intents and purposes. And other, you know, variations. Uh, Relationships are complicated. But in general, sure, morally wrong. But should it be illegal? Should the state step in? Fuck no. Again, you're not my mom, Uncle Sam. What are you doing? No need to regulate consensual behavior between two non-cognitively impaired consenting adults. It's fucking ridiculous. And yet there are 18 states, uh, at least as recently as 2019, that have made sexual acts illegal if at least one of the people involved is already married. My lovely home state of Idaho is one of them. Idaho has so many archaic laws in the books. An adulterer can theoretically face a fine or jail time. Allow me to read from the statute section of the official website for the Idaho State Legislature. Let me get my courtroom drama music up. Statute 186601. Adultery. A married man who has sexual intercourse with a woman not his wife. An unmarried man who has sexual intercourse with a married woman, a married woman who has sexual intercourse with a man not her husband, and an unmarried woman who has sexual intercourse with a married man shall be guilty of adultery. 
and shall be punished by a fine of not less than $100 or by imprisonment in a county jail for not less than three months or by imprisonment in the state penitentiary for a period not exceeding three years or in the county jail for a period not exceeding one year or by fine not exceeding $1,000. Holy shit. In theory, you could technically, if the judge was an asshole, be sent to prison for three years for either cheating on your spouse or sleeping with somebody who's married or both, you know? Oh my God. As of at least as recently as 2016, adultery was illegal in some uh, 22 states to some degree. Uh, in 2010, a woman was charged in Batvia, New York uh, with adultery when an officer uh, caught her having sex in public on a park picnic bench, actually hot uh, with a man who was not her husband. She wasn't found guilty of adultery, possibly only because she pled down to the lesser charge of lewdness in public to avoid going to court for an adultery charge. Uh, in a smaller group of states, premarital sex is actually illegal. Mm -hmm. Fornication, still illegal in at least five states by my counts. Idaho, Illinois, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Mississippi still appear to have fornication laws currently on the books, which basically decree all forms of non-marital sex to be illegal. These laws have rarely been enforced, but still the fact that they're just on the books at all is outrageous. Virginia just repealed their fornication law less than a year ago in 2020. Utah just repealed their fornication law in 2019. Massachusetts just got rid of theirs in 2018. In Idaho, you can technically get six months in jail <laughs> for having unmarried sex. Fuck is going on down in our state capitol. Uh, why should the government care what adults do with their sex lives? I mean, truly, how absurd that, that grown-ass, old-timey men, you know, men basically my age, <laughs> uh, who honestly probably look a lot like me, minus the tattoos, uh, were arguing about stuff like this and passing legislation on issues like this in, in various government buildings in the past. You know, Idaho's current, probably still, actually, in some places, still being debated at least. Idaho's current fornication law, uh, was not passed in 1872. Of course not. We weren't even a state yet. Also wasn't passed in 1922. I find it especially disturbing. It was passed in 1972. That's pretty recent. Some dumb fuck in a room full of predominantly other dumb fucks in all likelihood. Well, since they voted it in, in the law, you know, just out there. Just, <clears throat> uh, the hippie counterculture is decaying the moral fabric of our God-fearing land. And that is why I propose we pass statute 186603, fornication, a sex crime. Any unmarried person who shall have sexual intercourse with an unmarried person of the opposite sex shall be deemed guilty of fornication and upon conviction thereof shall be punished by death. And then some other moron was like, whoa, whoa, easy, Hezekiah. I think death is a bit strong. This is 1972, not 1692. How about they're punished with a fine of not more than $300 or by imprisonment for not more than six months, or by both such fine and imprisonment, provided that the sentence imposed in any part thereof be, uh, be suspended with or without probation in the discretion of the court. All right, Ted, fine. That will probably create less public outcry, guess. But let it be written into the legal record that Hezekiah Johnson would like to see those sex-loving, God-mocking, dirty hippies stoned to death. Idaho, like a lot of states, has all kinds of ridiculous sexual legislation. Sodomy is still illegal in Idaho. One of 14 states has consensual sodomy laws on the books. Idaho's laws have criminalized anal and oral sex, historically including consens consensual sex, since even before the state's founding. The Idaho Territory enacted a sodomy statute. They felt it was important 
1864, punishing anal intercourse, whether heterosexual or homosexual, with five years to life in prison. At least five years for putting a pee-pee in the poo-poo hole. In 1916, they added blowjob to the law. Someone's like, what about blowjobs? Oh, oh my God. They're not on the books yet. You get five years to life in prison for sucking dick. Who pushed for these laws? The religious far right. I mean, who else? They have been consistently joy killers in America since the pilgrims and the Puritans came over in the early 17th century. I absolutely understand why England and other countries did not fucking want them. Uh, 1925, another law was passed that allowed the state to issue forced sterilizations to a wide variety of citizens, including just quote unquote perverts. And who were perverts? Well, the court deemed perverts were peop- people who put their peepees in people's poo-poo holes and their mouth holes. <laughs> I like to say it that way because these laws are so infantile, right? Our nation, like, like so many other nations, has quite often been ran by, by just fucking childish idiots. Uh, currently, sodomy and oral sex are still technically illegal in Idaho. They're referred to as crimes against nature in the legislative books. And they've been on the books in that form that, you know, since uh, 1972. And obviously they've been in the books in other forms since, you know, before the state was even a state. All these ridiculous statutes. Idaho. Code 186605, Crimes Against Nature. Punishment. Every person who is guilty of the infamous crime against nature committed with mankind or with any animal is punishable by imprisonment in the state prison. Not less than five years. What the fuck? That's crazy. As of this past December, how crazy is this? 41 people in Idaho are currently forced to register as sex offenders uh, in Idaho for, quote, crimes against nature. Uh Uh-huh. Over 40 people still forced to register today as sex offenders for consensually sucking dick or getting (laughs) getting their dick sucked consensually or for some butt play. Ah, it's absurd. The origin of these American laws started nearly 500 years ago when the Reformation Parliament under English King Henry VIII passed the Buggery Act. The Buggery Act of 1533 made anal sex and bestiality punishable by death, which later inspired similar laws as the American colonies began taking shape. Uh, In Idaho, the state's ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union, uh, is uh, suing to get this law off the books. It's suing on behalf of an anonymous man and a man named Randall Mengis. Mangy's convicted in 1994 for having oral sex with two 16-year-old boys shortly after he turned 18, something that would not meet the definition of even statutory rape today. Still has to register, not as just a sex offender, but as quote as a, quote, violent sex offender for being a just-turned 18-year-old uh, getting his dick sucked by 16-year-olds. That's <laughs> fucking preposterous. How many of you would have to register as a sex offender for the rest of your life for something similar? I had sex with a 16-year-old or maybe a 17-year-old when I was 18. Get out of here. It's beyond normal. Uh, you know, that, 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 that could be a high school senior uh, getting a blowjob from a high school junior. What the fuck? Uh, to any Idaho state legislators uh, who may be listening, who aren't doing anything to get that law off the books or who support laws like that, uh, you have a standing open invitation, uh, invitation to suck my dick. Uh, perhaps more than anything else, butt sex, blowjobs, you know, they just, uh, they have a checkered legal past. Tons of weird marriage laws out there too. Check out this pile of stupid. In Mississippi, the Idaho of the South, with parental consent, males can marry at 17, females can marry at 15. (laughs) Think about that compared to what we just heard, right? In one part of the US, it's illegal for like a a 30-year-old to get a blowjob from anyone. And in another, it's technically legal to get married and fuck your whole life up at 15. 
if mommy and daddy say it's okay. Marriage way more serious and dangerous than sucking dick. Bad blowjob, it's often nothing more than just an embarrassing memory, right? Shortly after it happened. Uh, a lot of us can get over that in minutes. <laughs> About the worst you're going to get is a cold sore. Bad marriage, that can, that can ruin life. It can destroy your credit, you know, you put you in debt you can never get out of, it can leave you with kids you're not prepared to raise alone, you know, or with someone you hate, et cetera, et cetera. You can get married at 15 in Utah. Uh, you, can, you have to wait until the age of 16, boy or girl in Idaho, because we are so civilized and refined. Let's look at a few more weird and unnecessary relationship and sex laws before bouncing around the country, looking at all sorts of other laws. Uh, a preposterous anti-flirting law has been on the books in Michigan since 1931. <laughs> It states that any man who shall seduce and debauch any unmarried woman shall be guilty of a felony. <laughs> uh, if found guilty, the man can be punished with up to five years in the state prison or a fine of not more than $2,500. Oh boy. Uh, marriages between first cousins are illegal in 25 states, uh, legal in 20. In the remaining states, it gets more complicated. In Utah, for example, first cousins may legally marry only if they are at least 55 years old and can prove to a state judge that one of them cannot procreate or if they're both at least 65. Then they can get you know married as first cousins without anyone's permission. <laughs> Effective May 14th, 2019, Utah Penal Code, Title 30, Chapter 1, Section 1, Subsection, subsection 2. First cousins may marry under the following circumstance. A, both parties are 65 years of age or older. Or B, if both parties are 55 years of age or older upon a finding by the district court located in the district in which either party resides, that either party is unable to reproduce. All that red tape. <laughs> Marry your cousin when you're like 57. So weird. And if you're thinking, so what? You know, if Utah won't let me marry my first cousin, you know, my cousin and I will just have our own ceremony. We'll put on some rings. We'll just fuck in the privacy of our own home. And to that I say, well, good luck staying out of prison, cousin fucker. You better hope your dad uncles and your aunt moms don't rat you out. Cousin fucking is a felony in Utah. You heard me, felony. It's part of 2006 Utah Code 767102, incest. A person is guilty of incest when, under circumstances not amounting to rape, rape of a child, or aggravated sexual assault, he has sexual intercourse with a person whom he knows to be an ancestor, dependent, Brother, sister, uncle, aunt, nephew, niece, or first cousin. The relationships referred to herein include blood relationships of the whole or half-blood without regard to legitimacy, relationship of parent and child by adoption, and relationship of step-parent and step-child while the marriage creating the relationship of a step-parent and step-child exists. Incest is a felony of the third degree. Again, it's a felony. You dirty cousin fuckers. Can't even legally fuck your step cousin <laughs> until the right people divorce. It sounds like you can also fuck your stepbrothers and stepsisters if the marriage making them related dissolves. So, you know, ki kind of some good news, you know, for uh, for people with hot step siblings that they're, you know, hoping to have a future with. Uh, for a third degree felony, you can go to prison for up to five years. Yeah. All right, here's another weird sex law, uh, in, uh, sex related law. In Texas, it's illegal to own more than six dildos or pocket pussies. Seriously, totally legal to own six. But you kick it up to seven? Uh-huh. Not, not so much. Why that number? Because state legislators decided that if you own seven or more dildos or pocket pussies, well, by golly, you're not just having fun at home. You're putting on a fucking show. 
Okay? Hail Isafina. Uh, the laws listed among Texas is uh, many anti-obscenity laws. I think it's obscene that we have obscenity laws like this. You're promoting obscene material. <laughs> I just picture some small town prosecutor pacing around in a bolo tie, 10 gallon hacked, holding three dildos in one hand, got four dildos in the other in front of the jury. Some poor embarrassed woman blushing <laughs> in the defendant's seat. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, look at what I hold in my hands. Exhibits A through G. And he like, then he really just shakes them around wildly at this point. Seven dildos, some with the balls still attached, some super soft, some hard, some veiny and lifelike, some curved, some straight, some white, some black. One gigantic purple silicone one, you know, with a, with a fist, a power fist at the end of it. I ask you, as he waves them around, what woman on earth requires this much stimulation? Where would one even put all these? And at this point, he just like looks shocked and he just kind of sticks, you know, four of them down around his crotch and tries putting the other three in his mouth. I can't, I can't get around that. He was demonstrating like a, like he's on some shitty infomercial talking about an inferior product. <laughs> then he makes some Johnny Cochran, you know, OJ Simpson trial pun. If the dildo don't fit, you must not acquit. These are not the toys of either a lonely single woman or a sexually minded wife. These are the instruments of an obscene provocateur who seeks to entertain. And it is not legal in the great state of Tejas to put on such a show. Then he pantomimes, you know, sticking several of these dildos in his ass, bending over in front of the jury, his cowboy hat, you know, falling off on the courtroom floors. He gets all sweaty, put on a big exaggerated show, licking a few of them before acting like all seven are just coming all over him. Then he slams them down on the courtroom table. The, the, the prosecution rests, your honor. It's <laughs> fucking craziness. Uh, do you know that in Nebraska, you can't get married if you have herpes? Seriously, get to the leper colony already. Go die alone, you cold sore having fucking monster. State statute 42102. Minimum age, affliction with venereal disease, disqualification. At the time of marriage, the male must be of the age of 17 years or upward and the female of the age of 17 years or upward. No person who is afflicted with a venereal disease shall marry in this state. No person who has a venereal disease, will get married in this state. You take your butt warts to Iowa, you grotesque fuck. One last weird marital law. Before we head around from region to region, looking at other weird U.S. laws, uh, South Carolina. Code of Laws, Title 16, Crimes and Offenses, Chapter 15. Offenses Against Morality and Decency, Section 16, 1550. Seduction under promise of marriage. A male over the age of 16 years who by means of deception and promise of marriage seduces an unmarried woman in this state is guilty of a misdemeanor and upon conviction must be fined at the discretion of the court or imprisoned not more than one year. There must not be a conviction under this section on the uncorroborated testimony of the woman upon whom the seduction is charged and no conviction if at trial it is proved that the woman was at the time of the alleged offense lewd and unchaste. If the defendant in any action brought under the section contracts marriage with the woman either before or after the conviction, further proceedings of this section are stayed. Don't tell any unmarried women in South Carolina that you want to get married unless you're serious. And women, if you want that man to follow through on his word, don't you dare offer to fuck him or suck him. Any lewd and unchaste behavior will get your case thrown out. Again, I picture a lawyer. Right? <laughs> Maybe the defense attorney this time. Your Honor. Of course, this young man said he would marry Miss Richards. She was wearing black lacy lingerie. 
and offering to quote, and may the court excuse, please, my profane language and obscene topic matter. She said she would like to let the defendant fuck that naughty little pussy and let him come on these tits. Yes, he said he would marry her under those conditions. He would have told her he would put her on his back and fly around the world like Superman as well if he thought it would seal the deal in that situation. But that doesn't mean he actually meant it. Her lewd behavior coerced him. All right. <laughs> Let's take a tour now of America. Look at all kinds of different absurd laws that are still on the books. But before we do, one first quick sponsor. Uh, today's Time Suck is brought to you by the law office of Chase, Kemper, and Kroll. If you've been accused of any of the crimes you've heard about today, especially the Texas dildo stuff, or any of the ones you will be hearing about today, especially the Texas dildo stuff, you may be entitled to money. Also, if you've been the victim of adultery, especially at the hands of a ruthless, home-wrecking shrub slut who probably has a couple dozen dildos, call the law office of Chase, Kroll, and Kemper by dialing toll-free 1-800-THEY'RE-OUT-TO-GET-YOU. You may be entitled to a substantial amount of money, you shouldn't be victimized by shrub sluts or dildos, but you should be able to use as many dildos as you want and legally fornicate with whomever you want, unless they're married or you're married and they're hiding in a bush or something near a campground, perhaps. Don't worry about how confusing this may sound. We work both sides of the legal plate. Just worry about the money. The call is free. The advice is free. Call the law office of Chase, Kroll, and Kemper. Toll free. 1-800-THEY'RE-OUT-TO-GET-YOU. A little throwback. The vampire of Sacramento suck there. A uh, fake legal sponsor. Just felt right for this suck. All right, now we're going to break up our journey. Into the Northeast, the South, the Midwest, and the West. Let us travel from East to West, starting with the Northeast or New England. Hail Nimrod. Northeast includes nine states. Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut is our first stop. It's the Constitution State, home to just over three and a half million folks. In Hartford, it is illegal to collect, quote, rags, paper, glass, old metal, junk, cinders, or other waste matter in the city without a license. You could literally get arrested for collecting old rags around town. This is from the Municipal Code, City of Hartford, Chapter 19, Junk Collectors and Rag Pickers. <laughs> I love that people are literally legally referred to as rag pickers. Uh, whom are we speaking of? The rag pickers. Got it. It's a criminal offense. It says, no person shall engage in the business of collecting rags, paper, glass, old metal junk, cinders, or other waste matter in the city or go about the streets and public places in the city for the purpose of collecting, purchasing, or bartering for the same without having obtained a license to do so by the Bureau of Licenses and Inspections. <laughs> Some cop out there busting some rag picker. The fuck you doing, asshole? Hands where I can see him. What, you some kind of you some kind of rag picker? You think you can just pick that rag up out of the gutter? Carry it off? Do with it what you will? Maybe sell it later. Maybe use it to wipe some dust off your truck and or, or car. Maybe, maybe put some polish on it and shine your fucking shoes, you piece of shit. Where's your permit, asshole? Yeah, I know you don't have one. My cousin, Sal Vinatelli, he's a, the city rag collection permit guy. You heard of him? Oh, of course not. He's given out a rag collection permit to five guys in the last 10 years, and you ain't one of them. Just toss me the rag slowly. Beat it. 
Letting you off with a warning today, rag picker. <laughs> now let's visit Maine, the pine tree state. See what sort of crazy laws the roughly 1.3 million people there are dealing with? In Maine, it is totally legal to play a friend's bingo card for them. Right? If they need to get up and use the bathroom. And if they win while they're in the bathroom, okay, you can collect on their behalf. But if you try and do that during a game of high stakes, Bino, the original name of the game of bingo, well, get ready to meet Johnny Law. You try and yell Bino while they're on the toilet and collect more than 25,000 bucks. Well, you're getting fined, bub. <laughs> uh, forget the law in this example. Who's playing high stakes Bino? What's gone wrong in your life? And you're playing high stakes Bino. That has to be the least cool way to gamble a lot of money I've fucking ever heard of. <laughs> Even the penny slots crowd looks down on you if you're if you're a Bino gambler, high stakes or not. Also, when bingo was first played in America, it was called Bino. Then in 1929, New York toy salesman Edwin S. Lowe renamed it Bingo after he overheard someone accidentally yell Bingo instead of Bino, and he's like, that's way better. And then for reasons unclear and completely unrelated to any game in 2020, this podcaster started saying Bingo Bingo because he just likes the way it sounds. Massachusetts is our next stop. It's most commonly known as the Bay State or the Old Bay State in reference to the Cape Cod Bay where early settlements were made and to the Massachusetts Bay Company giving it a, 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 given a royal charter, excuse me, in 1629 to promote settlement of the new land from sea to shining sea. There are six point, uh, just, just under 6.9 million people, Massachusetts, and there are plenty of crazy laws. Uh, first off, taxi drivers are prohibited from making love in the front seat of their taxi during their shifts. Why was this passed? Is there an epidemic of taxi drivers fucking in their front seats? Also, why not illegal in the back seat? It's also prohibited to dance to the Star Spangled Banner in Massachusetts, thanks to an excessively patriotic 1917 law. And singing the national anthem incorrectly could get you in some legal trouble. Massachusetts State General Laws, Part 4, Title 1, Chapter 264, Section 9, reads, Whoever plays, sings, or renders the Star Spangled Banner in any public place, theater, motion picture hall, you can tell it was written a while ago. Motion picture hall, a restaurant or cafe or any public entertainment other than as a whole and separate composition or number without embellishment or addition in the way of national or other melodies or whoever plays, sings or renders the Star Spangled Banner or any part thereof as dance music, as an exit march or as part of a medley of any kind shall be punished by a fine of not more than $100. Hey, if I don't hear the land of the free and the home of the brave in the next few seconds, bub, you're going to owe the state of Massachusetts to Ben Franklin. Uh, also in Massachusetts, bullets may not be used as currency. And shooting ranges may not set up targets that resemble human beings. And in Boston, uh, duels can be carried out to the death on Sunday as long as the governor is present. <laughs> governor has uh, apparently declined recent duel requests. Next up, New Hampshire, the Granite State. They have 1.36 million residents as of 2019. And of course, some crazy laws. It is illegal in New Hampshire to carry away or collect seaweed at night, just at night. Title 18, State Fish and Game Laws, Chapter 207, Section 207.48. If any person shall carry away or collect for the purpose of carrying away any seaweed or rockweed, <laughs> closing that rockweed loophole uh, from the seashore below high water mark between daylight in the evening and daylight in the morning, he shall be guilty of a violation. That's been effective since November 1st, 1973. Apparently in 1972, there was a real problem with night sea and rockweed collection. Governor, you have to push the Senate to do something. No one along the coast can get any sleep anymore. Not with all those damn nocturnal seaweed collectors splashing and mucking about all night long. They wait out into the waters, 
stuff and seaweed, garbage sacks, hauling off to put it on their gardens and whatnot. Hell, I don't know what anyone does with sea or rockweed. I just know a lot of people in Portsmouth and Northampton are about to riot. Uh, another New Hampshire law forbids you to tap your feet, nod your head, or in any way keep time doing music in a tavern, restaurant, or cafe. Uh, they also have a rule that says you cannot sell clothes you are wearing to pay off a gambling debt. That came from some incidents. Uh, New Jersey, next on our journey, the Garden State has around 9 million residents. And for the roughly 14,000 residents of Haddon Township, just outside of Camden, it seems as if it is illegal to flirt under the section Peace and Good Order. A person may be punished for approaching, quote, any person of the opposite sex unknown to such person and by word, sign, or gesture attempting to speak or to become acquainted with such person against his will. Well, this law obviously seeks to punish objectionable actions such as sexual harassment and catcalling. Uh, critics think be, it can be technically seen as prohibiting just, you know, harmless flirting. Doesn't seem to uh, ever be enforced. Good luck getting the police to come to rescue you uh, if someone's just being obnoxious, annoying, or clueless with the flirting. Uh, this next New Jersey law is very strange. It's against the law to murder someone, of course, but in Jersey, it's double against the law to murder someone while wearing a bulletproof vest. See if this makes sense to you. Wearing a bulletproof vest while committing or attempting to commit a crime of the first degree is a crime of the second degree. Okay. Uh, New Jersey, you cannot pump your own gas also. Uh, all, all gas stations are full service and full service only. Oregon also is like this. Uh, in New Jersey, pumping your own gas falls under the 1949 Retail Gasoline Dispensing Safety Act. The statute NJSA 34-3A10 imposes penalties for violating the act and consequences ranging from $50 to $250 fines for the first offense to up to $500 fines for each subsequent offense thereafter. I fucking hate this law. I like to pump my own gas. I get the rationale behind this law. It provides jobs. Unfortunately, it doesn't provide useful jobs. I've had to stand by the pump waiting for some asshole to grab the pump handle uh, and do what I can easily do, what I actually want to do, for several minutes on occasion in New Jersey and in Oregon. And I've tipped someone for doing what I don't want them to do in the first place because I feel compelled to do so. It's just weird. To me, that job is as dumb as having like a professional restaurant uh, face wiper. You know, you can't, you can't wipe stuff off your face at a restaurant with your napkin. What are you, what are you doing? Get, get that napkin away from your face. That's, that's for the attendant to do. What are you, what are you trying to do? Trying to, to take some jobs? Trying to steal napkin attendant business? You wait for them to wipe that soup off your mouth. Uh, come on, New Jersey and Oregon. There's, there's got to be something more meaningful you can mandate people to do or mandate a job for. Uh, now let's cross a bridge or drive through a tunnel to New York, the Empire State, where their motto is Excelsior. That represents New York's continuous search for excellence and the belief in a strong, bright, and ever better future. How dandy. There are 19.45 million people approximately in New York uh, hoping for that ever better future. And some are also hoping to avoid fines and jail time for really odd laws, like New York Penal Code, Article 26, Agriculture and Markets, Section 379 on Animals. The prohibition of the selling of fur, hair, skin, or flesh of a dog or cat. Good luck selling any of that sweet, sweet doodle hair, New York doodle barons. It shall be unlawful for any person, firm, partnership, or corporation to knowingly import, sell, offer for sale, manufacture, distribute, transport, or otherwise market or trade in the fur, hair, skin, or flesh of a domesticated dog or domesticated cat, whether domestically raised or imported from another country, or any product or item containing or comprised of the fur, hair, skin, or flesh of a dog or cat. As used in this section, the term domesticated dog or cat shall not mean or include coyote, fox, lynx, or bobcat. 
Manufacturers or suppliers shall provide certification to each retailer that any fur, hair, skin, or flesh contained in such items is not derived from domesticated dog or domesticated cat. The Commissioner shall establish a standard for the certification required by the provisions of Subdivision 2 of this section on the effective date of this section. A violation of this section shall be punishable by a civil penalty of up to $1,000 for an individual and up to $5,000 for a corporation for the first violation. Any subsequent violation shall be punishable by a civil penalty of up to $25,000. Mr. Jenkins, the court finds you guilty of selling tabby cat socks and doodle sweaters yet again. These are your second and third violations. The court orders you pay a fine of $50,000. And the court begs you to please stop shaving down your cat and doodle to make and sell socks and sweaters. Courts will not hesitate to add animal cruelty charges to your next offense. Next, we're heading over to the Keystone State, Pennsylvania. 12.8 million hardworking folks living within its borders. Some of these folks are babies. Like, you know, literal babies. Not just people who complain all the time and cry easily. I'm sure there are some of them as well. But when it comes to actual babies, it is illegal to barter them. Article, <laughs> Article D, Chapter 43, Subchapter A. Section 4305 of Crimes Against the Family. A person is guilty of a misdemeanor of the first degree if he deals in humanity by trading, bartering, buying, selling, or dealing in infant children. Why do they have like trading or dealing? Are you trading babies? No, 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 no. no, no. I mean, I deal a baby here and there, but I'm trying to trade them. So interesting they have separate human trafficking laws that are felonies that deal with protecting adults and children from sex and labor trafficking. Uh, pages and pages of legislation on uh, human trafficking. <laughs> And these crimes are felonies of the first or second degree. But this is still in the books and it's a misdemeanor. To barter a baby is a misdemeanor. <laughs> what a weird like little technicality there. Your honor, I did not human traffic my baby. I did not sell my baby into sexual slavery. I did not sell my baby to some kind of indentured servitude. I just really, really wanted a remote control car and I did not have enough money to pay for it. So I bartered my baby for it. They wanted a baby. I wanted an Arma Creighton 4x4 8S BLX monster truck with a 1250-kilovolt brushless speed engine. I don't see a victim here. Next up, Rhode Island. The ocean state has just over a million people, and their legislature does not take kindly to biters and maimers. Don't want to be biting and maiming in Rhode Island. Title 11, Criminal Offenses, Chapter 29, Section 1. Every person who shall voluntarily, maliciously, or of purpose put out an eye, slit the nose, ear, or lip, or cut off, bite off, or disable any limb or member of another, shall be imprisoned, not exceeding 20 years, nor less than one year. Who's writing these laws? The language is so fucking weird. Uh, now I picture a defense attorney. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I'm not going to deny that my client, rabid Ronnie McRazor Teeth, did indeed gnaw the left arm off of the defendant. I guess this would be a, the... <laughs> or uh, the plaintiff. There we go. The plaintiff. Lyle Softbone Little Limb. You've seen the video. You can see Lyle sitting there in a tank top, clearly down a limb. But did he do it maliciously or of purpose? Or did he do it because he was really, really drunk? He doesn't see too well. Super hungry. And he thought Mr. Softbone Little Limb's uh, left upper appendage was a tasty hot dog. This is not a vicious crime. This was a vicious accident. Uh, next up, the state of Vermont, the Green Mountain State houses just over 620,000 meat sacks. I thought there would be more for some reason. Uh, I forget that Vermont is so rural sometimes. 
Uh, the Vermont state legislature created a law that prohibits outlawing solar collectors and clotheslines, listing both items as energy devices based on renewable resources. I just love that the law outlaws outlawing them. Like what led to that? Some lunatic who had a real hard on for clotheslines for some reason, you know, got him illegal. This neighborhood's going to shit. Look at all these clotheslines. Well, of course, my property value dropped 6% year to year. How could it not? Living in this dirty sea of clotheslines. And look at my kid's neck. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that mark. Kid can't take a shortcut through a neighbor's yard in this crazy day and age without catching a clothesline to the neck anymore. And that nonsense wraps up our look at New England. On now to the South. South claims more states than any other region. 16. Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, Louisiana, Texas, and Oklahoma. Uh, Washington, D.C. also included in the South, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Let's start our trek into the South with the lovely state of Alabama, the Yellowhammer State, where there are roughly 4.9 million Alabamians congregating there. Uh, If you want to celebrate Mardi Gras and Mobile, well, you have at it. But what you will not do legally is use plastic confetti. You plastic confetti-loving piece of shit. Local Ordinance 39-022-2018. It shall be unlawful and an offense against the city for any person to have in possession, keep, store, use, manufacture, sell, offer for sale, give away, or handle any non-biodegradable plastic-based confetti, serpentine, or other substance or matter similar thereto within the city or within its police jurisdiction. Someone got tired of cleaning that shit up. (laughs) I love that it's just illegal to have it in your possession. What's, uh, what's that there in your pocket, bub? Some, some, uh, some little pieces of plasticky looking paper type stuff? Uh, no, it's no, nothing, officer. You wouldn't be hiding some of that plastic-based confetti, would you, Johnny? I'd hate to have to take you in for another confetti offense. Uh, <laughs> Arkansas is our next state. It's just so ridiculous. Uh, birthplace of Walmart, known as the natural state, has just over 3 million people living there today. And... and <laughs> The stupid law we're we're tossing out as an example is so incredibly specific. Uh, Here we go. Subdivision C1 of 566-111 of the Arkansas Code annotated. Following under Title V, Criminal Offenses, Subtitle VI, Offenses Against Public Health, Safety, or Welfare, Chapter 66, Gambling. A coin-operated amusement device, including a pinball machine that takes only one coin for each player for each game, and that is equipped with flippers that can be activated by the player to propel a ball back onto the plane surface of the machine so as to prolong the playing time and increase the score attained by the player and upon which not more than 25 free games can be won by the player are specifically designated as an amusement device. The use of an amusement device described in subdivision C1 of the section is declared to be legal so long as all state and municipal taxes have been paid and the owner of the amusement device has obtained a permit, filed a bond, and paid the privilege tax required. Privilege tax? Fuck off, state legislators. Really? Uncle Uncle Sam needs that fucking pinball money? (laughs) Gotta make sure the pinball barons aren't making too much pinball cashola. I'd love to see them really try and enforce this, right? Some dude running a diner, pinball machine in the corner versus the state of Arkansas. You know, just just in court. I don't, I don't give a fuck what your law is, Your Honor. All due respect, I'm going to let my customers play any kind of goddamn pinball they fucking want to. You just don't tilt my machine. You don't tilt my machine, Ricky Bobby! Now into Delaware. I don't consider Delaware part of the South, but the internet disagrees. 
Uh, technically classified as one of the South Atlantic states, nicknamed the first state. Uh, has a population of just under a million people. Uh, here, it's legal to obtain an annulment if you got married on a dare or on a prank. Uh, the official law states that a marriage may be annulled if one or both, both parties enter the marriage as a jest or dare. I like that one. It should be legal to have a jest marriage annulled. Excuse me. It's also illegal in Delaware for a pawnbroker to take or receive as a pledge or pawn <laughs> any artificial limb. Illegal in Delaware for a pawnbroker to take or receive as a pledge or pawn any artificial limb. Uh, it isn't illegal for someone to pawn their wooden leg, but it is illegal for the pawnbroker to take it. Now, now I'm picturing the most ludicrous undercover operation of all time. Some cop with one of his arms, you know, just like strapped down to his body under a big coat, pretending to have a prosthetic arm. I picture this back in the 70s, right? Cop has like a, like a hook for a fake hand. He's been coming in the pawn shop for weeks, building up some rapport, making the owner of the pawn shop feel comfortable because he knows he's dirty. He's hawked a TV, guitar, gun, making him think he's like a, a heroin addict or something before he moves in for the kill. Hey, Tony, I'm hurting again. How much, huh? And he leans in, he whispers, how much for the arm? Polly, you know I can't take your arm. That's illegal. Come on, Tony. You worry too much. What you, what, you think the fake arm police are going to come in here and bust you? Well, that is a nice hook. I could sell that. Well, this ain't like this is, a, this is the first fake arm I've ever made a few bucks off of. Am I right? And that's when the underarm cop, you know, he tosses like the fake arm aside and he unstraps his real arm. You know, Hands up, motherfucker! I knew it! I knew you was crooked, Tony! Your fake-ass arm dollar days are over! And then the cops, you know... <laughs> yeah, the copy talks directly to the wire. Here's where we got it, boys. O Operation Captain Hook complete. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a fun thing to think about for me, at least. Uh, not surprising, the District of Columbia has some odd laws. They're next. Washington, D.C. has right around 700,000 people living uh, where it is still technically illegal to hire a woman to dance with a man in a dance hall. Also, nobody is legally permitted to dance for longer than 12 hours in a given 24-hour period. Random. Put away your dancing shoes. It's a, it's a, it's serious town time. D.C. Uh, weird amount of dancing laws in D.C. Citizens are not permitted to dance, sing, whistle, or swear while at or anywhere near a public convenience station. And damn it, no dancing is permitted within the Jefferson Memorial. Someone, you know, had a real hatred of dance in D.C. at one time. Damn it, Jerry! I fucking had it with all the dancing. These clowns are dancing at the Jefferson Memorial now. They're jitterbugging. And they're, they're chubby, chubby checkering outside the gas station while I'm trying to fill up and whistling. If it's not the dancing, it's the whistling. If it's not one thing, it's another. And they're, and they're not all dancing for free either. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I'm shutting it down. I'm going to shut it all down, Jerry. And, and tighten up your hips when you're walking around here in the office. The way you sway back and forth, it almost feels like you're dancing, goddammit. Oh, my favorite crazy DC law. Uh, you are legally forbidden to marry your mother-in-law. <laughs> Or your grandma or grandpa, or your partner's grandma and grandpa, and others. They really spell it out. They get very specific. Per the Code of the District of Columbia, Title 46, Domestic Relations, Chapter 4, Marriage, Section 46401.01-2A, Marriages Void Ab Initio, in general, says, The following marriages are prohibited in the District of Columbia and shall be absolutely void ab initio, without being so decreed, and their nullity, nullity, <laughs> may be shown in any collateral proceedings, namely the marriage of a person with the person's grandparent. 
grandparent, spouse, spouse's grandparent, parent, sibling, parent, step parent, step spouse's parent, child, spouse's child, child, spouse, sibling, child's child, child's child, spouse, spouse's child, child, sibling's child. <laughs> uh, the way that's all written, it makes it feel like somebody worked extra hard, right, to find loopholes. <laughs> Somebody else just had to keep shutting them down. Okay, fine, sure. But I, I can still marry my grandma, right? No, no, you, you can't marry your grandma. I'm putting that in the code now. Oh, okay. But I can still marry my wife's grandma. No, I'm not, no, you, I'm writing that too. Damn it. Oh, fine. Uh, but I, I can go marry my stepmom still. No, you're not. I knew you were going to ask that. I already wrote it down. But when my, but when my grandkids get married someday, I'm going to marry, I'm going to marry Whoever they are married to. The fuck you will, Johnny! I've also written that in. You can't marry your child's child's spouse, you son of a bitch. Okay. You ready for the sunshine state? Florida has to have something crazy, right? Uh, the nation's third largest state with 21 and a half, almost million folks as of 2019 has a laundry list of stupid shit that somehow passed through their legislative bodies in Florida because this actually became a thing that was getting out of hand. A law was passed in 1989 banning the tossing of dwarves in bars. Florida statutes, Title 34, Al Alcoholic Beverages and Tobacco, Chapter 561, Beverage Law Administration, Section 665, Division to Restrict Licensees from Permitting Certain Activities. The division shall promulgate rules to become effective no later than October 1st, 1989, to prohibit every person maintaining, owning, or operating a commercial establishment located within the state at which alcoholic beverages are offered for sale on the premises from undertaking or permitting any contest or promotion or other form of recreational activity involving exploitation, endangering the health, safety, and welfare of any person with dwarfism. For the purposes of this section, the term dwarfism means a disproportionate or proportionate short stature, most often caused by a genetic syndrome. The division may suspend or revoke the license of and may impose a civil penalty not to exceed $1,000 against any person in violation of any rule promulgated pursuant to the provisions of this section as authorized and according to the procedures set forth in. Holy shit. So many people were drunkenly tossing dwarves at bars that the state legislature felt like it needed to intervene. Then, I think this is extra crazy, <laughs> in 2011, Florida State Representative Rich Workman tried to repeal this exact law. <laughs> he wanted to get it off the books. He was like, America's not free unless we can drunkenly toss dwarves in bars. Uh, the repeal did not get enough votes to go through. The law remains. Georgia next up on our tour, the Peach State. 10.6 million people and apparently a lot of them like llamas. Like to horse around in some llamas. And if you horse around in a llama and you get hurt, don't you even think about suing the llama owner in Georgia, Okay. They've been given a certain amount of litigation immunity by the Georgia state government because what's good for Georgia is more llamas. Per the legislative determination of the Georgia Department of Agriculture, Animal Industry Division, the General Assembly recognizes that persons who participate in equine activities or llama activities may incur injuries as a result of the risks involved in such activities. The General Assembly also finds as a state and its citizens derive numerous economic and personal benefits from such activities. The General Assembly finds, determines, and declares that this chapter is necessary for the, inner, for the immediate preservation of the public peace, health, and safety, 
It is therefore the intent of the General Assembly to encourage equine activities and llama activities by limiting the civil liability of those involved in such activities. I like this one, actually. Want to fuck around in the llama? Fine. Whatever happens, happens, asshole. It's on you. Down in the Peach State, you can take that llama lawsuit. You can shove it up your too dumb to stand a llama ass. Next stop, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the bluegrass, bluegrass state of Kentucky uh, is next down the road, at least alphabetically. They have almost four and a half million meat sacks running around doing meat sack stuff there. And if you ever find yourself in a duel in Kentucky, well, you can pretty much kiss your dream of becoming a Kentucky lawyer, legislator, or public officer goodbye. From the Kentucky State Constitution, the members of the General Assembly and all officers, before they enter upon the execution of the duties of their respective offices, and all members of the bar, before they enter upon the practice of their profession, shall take the following oath or affirmation. I do solemnly swear, or affirm as the case may be, that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of this Commonwealth, and be faithful and true to the Commonwealth of Kentucky, so long as I continue a citizen thereof, and that I will faithfully execute to the best of my ability the office of according to law. And I do further solemnly swear or affirm that since the adoption of the present Constitution, I, being a citizen of this state, have not fought a duel with deadly weapons within this state, nor out of it, nor have I sent or accepted a challenge to fight a duel with deadly weapons, nor have I acted as second in carrying the challenge, nor aided or assisted any person thus offending, so help me God. This one's been on the books a long time, and it's only stayed on, I guess, because it's a pain in the ass to amend it. Looks like the last time someone tried to amend it uh, and they apparently failed was back in 2010. And I just love that after passing the bar exam, Kentucky lawyers still have to take that oath. They still have to swear they haven't been in a duel. <laughs> this law comes from the fact that back in the 18th, early 19th centuries, duels were super common in Kentucky. A lot of hotheads who were quick to draw down. And after a while, people started thinking, maybe those people aren't the best to be running things, right? Maybe they shouldn't be helping with laws and stuff. And that's Kentucky. Now let's head down to the Pelican State, Louisiana, with over 4.6 million people, home to the Big Easy, NOLA, land of trading boobs, uh, flashes for beads, love New Orleans, hey, Lucifina, all sorts of weird Louisiana laws. Here are some highlights. You cannot legally eat more than three sandwiches at someone's wake. You cannot bring your snake within 200 yards of a Mardi Gras parade. Can't legally gargle in public. <laughs> Tying an alligator to a fire hydrant's illegal. Can't practice voodoo within the city limits of New Orleans. You can't be an alcoholic in the city limits of the small town of Sulphur. <laughs> they literally on the books, illegal to be an alcoholic. Uh, ordering a pizza to be delivered to your friend without them knowing could land you a $500 fine in Louisiana. One too many drunk pranks, apparently, or a thousand too many. Reminds you of that anonymous hacking group prank. And finally, in Jefferson Parish, minors are not allowed to wander into businesses with coin-operated foosball machines unless they are accompanied by an adult. Someone's parents got pissed at how much money little Bobby was blowing on foosball. By golly, a law needed to be passed. Now we travel to Maryland. Maryland's known as both the old line state and the free state. It's capital Annapolis. Annapolis uh, has over, uh, well, sorry, its capital is Annapolis and the state has over 6 million people. Uh, if you find yourself driving through the Maryland town of Rockville, you better not say a lot of shit I say on this podcast, like what I just said, because profanity and obscene language is legally forbidden. According to the city of Rockville, licenses, permits, and miscellaneous business regulations. Article 3, Other Offenses, Section 1353, Profanity, Violation of Section Declared Misdemeanor, Subsections A, B, and C. 
A person may not profanely curse and swear or use obscene language upon or near any street, sidewalk, or highway within the hearing of persons passing by, upon or along such street, sidewalk, or highway. A person may not act in a disorderly manner by profanely cursing, swearing, or using obscene language. Any person who violates this section is guilty of a misdemeanor. I like how they break it down into three little subsections. You can't profanely curse or swear or use obscene language. Who decides, uh, you know, like what language is obscene? I think in the law, they should have to list out the exact words. <laughs> like, I like picturing some, you know, stuffy city council person, so uncomfortable, reading some list of filthy words, just goes on for like fucking 15 minutes long. Just up there. You are not to say in the city of Rockville, Maryland, ass, asshole, balls, ball liquor. Ball tickler. <sighs> butt. Butt fuck. Butt fucker. Butthole. Cock. Cock sucker. Cock stuffer. Cock swallower. Crap. Cunt. Cunt face. Cunt liquor. Dick. Dickhead. Dick liquor. Dick wad. Dick fuck. Fuck. Fuck face. Fucker. Fucking. Fuck you. Fuck it. Fuck off. Fuck not. Fuck wad. <laughs> the mayor's finally like, enough! My precious ears are burning. Let's just write it up. It's profanely cursing, swearing, or using obscene language. My, my God, Rob. That was painful to listen to. Now let's scooch on over to Mississippi, the Magnolia State. Our de next destination with a population of almost 3 million. Uh, illegal to kick out more than one illegitimate child. <laughs> so let's you have one. The second one slides out. Okay. Well, technically, you could be looking at a fine or maybe even some jail time. Mississippi Code, Title 97, Chapter 29, Section 11. If any person who shall have previously become the natural parent of an illegitimate child within or without the estate. By co... co no one ever says this word out loud. Coition. Within or without the estate. Shall again become the natural parent of an illegitimate child born within the estate. He or she shall be guilty of a misdemeanor and upon conviction thereof shall be punished by imprisonment in the county jail for not less than 30 days, no more than 90 days, or by a fine of not more than $250 or both, a subsequent conviction hereunder shall be punishable by imprisonment in the county jail for not less than three months, no more than six months, or by a fine of not more than $500 or both. The circuit court of the county in which said illegitimate child is born shall have jurisdiction of any action brought under this section. No male person, <laughs> no male person shall be convicted solely on the uncorroborated testimony of the female person giving birth to the child. Uh, I gotta say, <laughs> Well, I don't agree with how it's worded. I don't completely hate it. <laughs> Feels like the spirit of this law was passed, uh, you know, to, to stop people from having kids they can't properly provide for. Uh, maybe, or maybe just some moralist bullshit. Uh, <laughs> There's fucking kind of some dick lines there at the end. <laughs> no, no male person. Come on now. This is for the females. Uh, women may not have legitimate children. Uh, male, we don't know how many kids we have. We can't keep track. That's just nature. Anyway, any hoozle. Uh, this, if this court, <laughs> the fuck. Uh, North Carolina's next. The Tar Heel State has almost 10.5 million people that have put up with some interesting legislation over the years. As a kid growing up in Riggins, Idaho, I, I used to play in the cemetery. It was like a huge yard with some really cool looking rocks. You know, had I grown up in Fayetteville, North Carolina, I could have been fined. Section 819 of Fayetteville's Code of Ordinance uh, prohibits camping in cemeteries. Also prohibited are, quote, picnicking, lunching, hunting, gathering berries, fruits or nuts, Running, romping, you can't run or romp, 
plane, loitering, lounging, lying full length or sitting on the ground. I specifically love that they added no plane (laughs) and no lying full length or sitting on the ground. Also, Fayetteville, you missed vegetables. All right. Pretty glaring miss there. You covered berries, fruits, and nuts, but you skimped out on vegetables. Now I picture some grave digger getting caught with a shovel in his hand, but finding a loophole. (laughs) What? Grave robbing? No, 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 no. You got it all, you got it all wrong. I was, uh, I was looking for some taters. I heard some potatoes were planted here. I was just, you know, I was digging around. Uh, North Carolina is also hard on soft dicks. Pun kind of intended. What is big deal? Why did North Carolina no respect so shamecock? If I still alive, Chikatilo like to wrestle lawmakers. Maybe jerk on their tombstone later in cemetery. I noticed it, uh, not say that it's illegal to jerk on graves. Yeah, Chikatilo, you never know when he's going to come back. I never know until I'm going through the info. Uh, seriously, though, impotence is legal grounds for divorce in North Carolina. Oklahoma is next, the Sooner State, around uh, 4 million residents. Uh, our one-eyed, three-legged, freedom-loving pit bull mascot, Bojangles, might have been a state legislator in Oklahoma at one time. Uh, they wrote a statute into their official state legislation that's, it's not a law exactly. I guess it's more like a legal warning, but I'm including it because it's in their, yeah, official state legislation. And it's, and it's about the dangers of communism. State Statute 21-12661. Upon evidence and proof already presented before this legislature, Congress, the courts of this state, and the courts of the United States, it is here now found and declared to be a fact that there exists an international communist conspiracy which is committed to the overthrow of the government of the United States and of the several states, including that of the state of Oklahoma, by force or violence, such conspiracy, including the Communist Party of the United States, its component or related parts and members, and that such conspiracy constitutes clear and present danger to the government of the United States and of this state. This really need to be included as a statute. (laughs) And why did whoever write this, uh, write of the United States and of the several states? Like which one? Several, not all of them, not even most of them. Very peculiar wording there. Uh, Also legally uh, cannot wrestle a bear in Oklahoma. Fair amount of states have that one. (laughs) I'm guessing it's coming from uh, back when circus sideshows, you know, featured a fair amount of wrestling that didn't end well for a lot of people and or bears. Uh, South Carolina is our next stop. Known as the Palmetto State has 5.1 million humans. They have a whole bunch of stupid, crazy laws. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. Back in 2015, State Senator Stephen Goldfinch, during his time in the House of Representatives, introduced a bill bill? bill to repeal 11 of the state's most outdated laws. He said they were chosen at random. I asked my staffers to pick the most ridiculous ones, Goldfinch said, and his bill died in the Senate. Uh, He couldn't repeal some ridiculously outdated laws. Uh, The 11 laws included things like no shopping on Sundays, unless it's for light bulbs or other necessities, no minors playing on pinball machines, and anyone caught in a duel loses their right to vote. All this dual legislation. And <laughs> also, while State Senator Stephen Goldfinch's team never found this, uh, this statute in the existing codes, they came across a rumor that it was legal in Charleston to beat your wife with a stick. <laughs> Jesus Christ. On the courthouse steps if it's a Sunday. There are a lot of the... <laughs> A lot of the crazy sex laws we talked about at the beginning of the show on the book still in South Carolina as well. 
Uh, there's still a law that says men or women guilty of adultery or fornication can be fined between $100 and $500 in prison between six months and a year. Another law still in the books, outlaw sodomy with jail time of five years and at least a $500 fine. Next on our trip to the South is the volunteer state of Tennessee, a state of over 6.8 million unique Americans. All kinds of wild claims out there about all sorts of crazy Tennessee laws. Uh, a lot of them seem to be urban myths and legends, but here's a weird one still in the books. It's illegal to fuck with albino deer. You heard me. Leave them alone. Added in 2014 under Tennessee State Legal Code, Title 70, Wildlife Resources, Chapter 4, Miscellaneous Regulations, Part 1, Hunting and Fishing, Statute 130, Albino Deer. It, uh, this is, I broke it out into sections. A, it is unlawful for any person to knowingly hunt, kill, trap, ensnare, or destroy, or attempt to destroy, or to have in such person's possession, albino deer, which is a deer with a lack or significant deficiency of pigment in the skin and hair and with pink eyes. B, any violations of the proclamations or rules and regulations promulgated by the Fish and Wildlife Commission are punishable as provided in this title and the illegal taking or possession of each animal constitute a separate offense. C, violation of this section is a class B misdemeanor punishable by fine only. So why is it illegal to hunt albino deer? That part's harder to figure out. Uh, it seems to be because, well, just some people think they're really fucking cool. Kind of like a deer unicorn of sorts. And, you know, you don't see a lot of them. And people don't want them killed because it makes their heart sad. That's about all I can figure out. Uh, now we come to the largest state in the South, second largest in the country with 29 million people, the Lone Star State of Tejas, Texas. If you recall from the beginning of the episode, uh, the possession of more than six dildos prohibited in the state. Your Honor, that harlot of Beelzebub is not self-pleasuring. She is performing. And that simply will not do in the great state of Tejas. Uh, interestingly, Texas uh, seems to have gotten rid of most of their other super weird laws. There's tons of websites out there, half of them from rock radio stations and the other half uh, from lawyers, from law offices, repeating you know claims of law such as it's illegal to not notify someone 24 hours in advance that you intend to commit a crime. Uh, they seem to be urban legends. Kind of scary, I think, that so many law firms have copied and pasted a bunch of legal, like, you know, uh, clickbait lists without bothering to see if the laws are actually on the books or not. You know, because they're, Fucking lawyers, they should be able to figure that out. Uh, are all of the laws, you know, um, uh, we've claimed here today still in the books? Well, they all appear on state legislative websites. Uh, are those websites continually updated? Uh, could some of them have been recently repealed? I mean, I guess so. But but at least they were legal until very recently. Uh, Virginia is next. The historical state, often called the Old Dominion State, the birthplace of the nation, the mother of presidents and the mother of states. Its capital is Richmond. It contains over eight and a half million bipedal carbon-based mate and water bags. Uh, Virginia just recently passed a bunch of interesting laws. In 2019, the state officially approved a bill that removed the prohibition of hunting or killing raccoons after 2 a.m. on Sundays. Finally, it's legal to kill some raccoons at three o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. Those little burglars thought they could just fucking chill on Sundays. Not anymore. And take those little creepy little raccoon paw hands. Better climb up high and hide. Uh, in 2020, an old law was finally repealed and you can now legally curse in public. Fucking A, Virginia. Noice. And like I mentioned earlier, Virginia just legalized, uh, or yeah, unmarried sex in 2020. Hail Lucifina. So they've, they've more, uh, you know, gotten rid of some uh, weird, you know, outdated laws recently and then taken some laws they probably should have kept uh, off the books. Next to Virginia is the mountain state known as West Virginia. West Virginia, mama. Uh, it's almost 1.8 million people. 
and dogs will hunt. Everyone knows who knows anything about dogs knows dogs will hunt. Legal to take a dog hunting in West Virginia, but you can't use a ferret. This is, where did this come from? According to chapter 20, the natural resources chapter of the West Virginia Legal Code, Article 2, Wildlife Section 12, it's unlawful to hunt, catch, take, kill, injure, or pursue a wild animal or wild bird with the use of a ferret. I think that's bullshit. Anyone can use a bloodhound, flush out some deer. How many hunters can do the same thing with a ferret? You train a ferret to help run down a wild boar, retrieve some ducks, best, you know, uh, help track and take down like a black bear. There should be a fucking trophy of you and that ferret in every hunting supply store in the land. I would love to come across some dude out in the woods with a fucking hunting ferret <laughs> parked on his shoulder. Oh, that little guy's cute. Is he having fun? Oh, uh, fun? I guess you could call it fun. He just took down a six-point trophy buck about two hours ago on that ridge over there. I didn't even have to shoot it. He ran it down himself, climbed up its leg, fucking tore out his juggler. <laughs> By the time I made it to the deer, he was taking a nap on his carcass after field dressing that some bitch. That's it for the South. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, on to the Midwest. But first, about halfway through our virtual road trip, this feels like a, a, the least intrusive spot for a sponsor break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you suddenly had an extra hour show up in your day every day, what would you do with it? Work out, sleep, read a book, play Fortnite, call your mom, take judo lessons, finally watch all the episodes of Shameless. A lot of us spend a lot of our time wishing we had more time. But why? Time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The bad news is that you're not going to get that 25th hour. But... What you can probably do is reprioritize where you spend some of your time. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it with your time. This year, my health is more important to me than cranking out another stand-up special as fast as possible. So I canceled a tour, sacrificed that income, and decided to spend a lot of the time I just got back working out more, resting more, relaxing more, and enjoying time with family, friends, and just myself. And I'm so glad I did. I feel better than I have in a long time. And my BetterHelp therapist, Debbie, was very helpful in getting me to make the decision to pull back. Thank you, Debbie. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TimeSuck today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash time suck. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when you hear that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month, when you purchase a three-month plan, you're probably thinking, what's the catch? Well, there isn't one, really. They cut the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. It's pretty simple. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month and no catch. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts over. And in addition to saving money, like over a 50% price drop from what I was paying before, the network quality, in my experience, is better than it was with my old service provider. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash timesuck. That's mintmobile.com slash 
time suck. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash time suck. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Thanks to Rocket Money, I canceled a membership to a gym I used to go to where I continued to pay a monthly membership for a couple of years after I stopped going. I didn't even recognize the charge. Rocket Money found it though, and it was canceled. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash timesuck. That's rocketmoney.com slash timesuck. Rocketmoney.com slash timesuck. I still love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but I'd stopped eating them almost entirely a while back because the bread on top of the sugar from the jelly made me so sleepy. All those carbs causing me to want to take a nap after eating them. Enter Hero Bread. Hero Bread takes the fear of carbs out of bread, but still leaves you with that delicious bread taste. Hero Bread has zero to one gram of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and it's high in fiber. It's also delicious and flavorful. The soft, fluffy experience you love when enjoying a savory breakfast burrito or mouth-watering cheeseburger. There is something for every craving, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. And there are monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites, like the two grams of net carbs Hero Croissant or the one gram of net carbs Hero Cheddar Biscuit. I had a loaf of Hero Classic White Bread delivered last week. Soft, fluffy, and delicious. Five grams of protein per slice, and it's high in fiber. And the best part? Hero Bread doesn't taste healthy. It tastes like bread. It's great. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TIMESUCK at checkout. That's TIMESUCK at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Thank you for listening. Now let's head to the Midwest and uh, see what kind of crazy legal shit is currently plaguing the heartland. The Midwest consists of 12 states, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, and Kansas. First on our tour of the Midwest is Illinois, the prairie state, home of the city of Chicago, the third largest city in America, and to a statewide population of uh, over 12 and a half million people. Mispronunciation is a crime in one Illinois city. Uh-oh, I'd be in jail there forever. Actually, luckily, it's just for one word. In Joliet, early residents sick of hearing their town's name mispronounced as Joliet made pronouncing it Joliet a misdemeanor, punishable by a $5 fine. All right. Okay. There's a bunch of super weird laws in Illinois. I just feel like it's still a little joke law. In Chicago, it's illegal to eat while inside a burning building. That one feels like it came from some real incidents. I wonder if they ever, if they ever had to point that law out to anybody. And, and if so, if it helped. Sir, you need to get outside at once. This whole building's about to go up in flames. Yeah, yeah, I hear you yakking. He's going to finish my broth first, and I'll be out of your hair. I have no idea where that accent came from. I'm not even trying to. I can't remember now. It's all blending. Sir, the flames are right behind you. I know, wise guy. They're keeping my dog warm. Damn it, sir. It's illegal to eat inside a burning building. All right, Bob. Why didn't you say so in the first place? I'll finish outside. At least the flames will still keep my bun warm. Uh, when someone sells a reptile in Illinois, they are legally required to give the purchaser a written warning telling all sorts of stuff, including not to kiss the reptile. 
have to legally tell people not to kiss a reptile. Illinois Animal Welfare, Welfare Act, Statute 605, Chapter 18, Section 1, Subsection D, clearly states, don't nuzzle or kiss your pet reptile. Why? It's to keep people from getting salmonella. Subsection A states, as with many other animals, reptiles carry salmonella bacteria, which can make people sick. Safe reptile handling steps should be taken to reduce the chance of infection. I picture some lawyer talking to the parents of some kid who's racked up tens of thousands of dollars in medical bills recovering from a savage case of salmonella infection after kissing his iguana. Did they tell you not to kiss the lizard? Did they hand you a list of warnings on a piece of paper, at least eight and a half by 11 inches big with a war- warning written in clearly visible font? <laughs> no. Well, don't you worry about those medical bills. Pardon my language, but I am fucking furious. This isn't the first time I've had to go face to face with Larry Clement from Larry Clement's House of Reptiles. Uh, enough is enough. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the Hoosier states are next stop. Indiana with six and 6.7 million people. According to Indiana Code, Title 7.1, Alcohol and Tobacco, 7.1315. At least as recently as 2018, liquor stores could not sell refrigerated water or soda. They can sell and only sell liquor, beer, and wine in original packaging. And bar supplies used in preparing alcoholic beverages for consumption. And tobacco products. And printed materials. Lottery tickets. Cooled and uncooled flavored malt beverages, including non-alcoholic malt beverages. And sure, they can sell water, soda, ginger ale, grenadine, shit like that. That shit has to be room temp. You want some cold ginger ale? Well, you can go cool that shit off yourself, asshole. Because you're not getting it done here, not legally. You want some refrigerated water? Go fuck yourself. Why don't you try some other non-liquor store? Or maybe try some liquor store that doesn't give two shits about Johnny Law. Indiana, uh also has one of the very few laws we could find uh, that allude to the, the legality or illa- illegality, illegality, there we go, of boners. Uh, Indiana, noticeable boners are illegal in public. This might be my favorite ridiculous law. This is outrageous. <laughs> this is covered in Indiana Code, Title 35, Criminal Law and Procedure, Article 45, Offenses Against Public Health, Order, and Decency, Chapter 4, Indecent Acts and Prostitution. Three types of indecent exposure are prohibited in Indiana. And here, <laughs> and here is how they lay out the third. Public nudity. Intentionally appearing in public nude with pubic area posterior or female nipples exposed or a covered, clearly erect penis. Usually public nudity is a class C misdemeanor. However, if done with the intent to be seen by a person, it's a class B misdemeanor. If done intentionally at a school, park, or on an Indiana Department of Natural Resources property with intent to sexually arouse anyone, it's a Class A misdemeanor. If the defendant has a previous conviction, it's increased to a level six felony. Class C misdemeanor, up to 60 days incarceration and a fine of up to $500. Class B misdemeanor, up to 180 days incarceration and a fine of up to $1,000. Class A misdemeanor, up to a year incarceration. Fine of up to $5,000 and level six felony six months to two and a half years incarceration. Fine of up to $10,000. Holy shit, you get caught two times at the park with a boner underneath your sweatpants. (laughs) Right? If people think that you got that boner for a reason, like, why wouldn't you have a boner for some kind of reason, I guess? But, you know, you got your eyes on somebody who's got a boner, you're going to spend at least six months in jail. Maybe two and a half years. (laughs) I wish this said what happened the third time. (laughs) Picture some. Smug cop. Well, if it ain't Boner Billy. Nice spandex shorts, Boner Billy. 
Should I be flattered by that rock-hard dong, or should my partner, Officer Cleavage, take the honors? You ain't getting off with a $300 fine this time. No, no, you're going to the slammer for at least six months. Curious what your cellmate's going to think of that meat sword you love showing off, boner Billy. Uh, I couldn't find any examples of anyone going to jail for this. Seems so ridiculous. I mean, if, it, if, it's, if it's in your shorts or your fucking sweatpants, <laughs> is it weird to walk around with a noticeable boner? Yeah. Creepy? Sure. Troubling. Well, if the boner owner is, you know, oogling some kids at a school or a park, certainly, but illegal? I don't know. To me, this the, the crime isn't having the boner. It's what one does with the boner. <laughs> it can be a crime. Seems a little presumptive. I right? just feel like it could set a, a bad precedent. You know, what if you just have boners all the time? What if you're just one of those people, you just got a boner, you know, a good, good part of the time, and, and you just uh, really like to wear sweatpants? And you're like, you know, going to the park, play a little basketball or something. Oh boy, I'm not going to top that one in Indiana. Let's take our sweatpants boners and move it along to the Hawkeye State, Iowa. Uh, about uh, 3.2 million people. Iowa doesn't fuck around when it comes to butter. If you're told you're being given real butter, well then by God, you've been given some real butter in Iowa. 2016 Iowa Code, Title Five, Agriculture, Chapter 191, Labeling Foods. Section 191.5, Advertising Oleomargarine Restrictions. No person, in person or by an agent, shall by any means whatsoever, directly or indirectly, advertise or represent by statement, printing, writing, circular, poster, design, device, grade, des- designation, advertisement, symbol, sound, or any combination thereof, that oleo, oleo margin or margarine, or any brand of oleo, oleo margin or margarine, is a dairy product for the purpose of inducing or which is likely to induce directly or indirectly the purchase for consumption of oleo, oleo margin or margarine, or any brand thereof. Whoever shall violate this provision shall be deemed guilty of a simple misdemeanor, punishable by up to 30 days in jail and a $625 fine. Picture two inmates in a cell. How long you in for? Mwah. Month. What'd you do? Lied about some butter. Ha, <laughs> it's crazy, man. That's a bunch of bullshit. Better than my cousin, though. You've been in prison for fucking two years in Indianapolis. Forget another sweatpants boner. Like <laughs> some basketball at the park. I fucking told him, man. I kept telling him. I'm like, dude, when you play down low, man, I get it. You want some hard D, but not that hard. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you want to give that dude some space. You put your hand in the smaller back when they're trying to post up. But, you know, Billy don't listen. Now let's move on to Kansas. Nicknamed the Sunflower State, also known as the Jayhawk State. Uh, population just under 3 million people. We were just there last week, right outside of Wichita. With that Angels Landing cult insanity. Let's look at some Wichita laws. City Ordinance 582.10 states it is unlawful for any person to use any telephone instrument, telephone equipment, telephone facilities, or telefacimil communication device for any kind of the following purposes. Knowingly make or transmit any comment, request, suggestion, or proposal which is obscene, lewd, lascivious, filthy, or indecent. <laughs> what? All right, so it's illegal. Uh, uh, you know, fucking talk dirty on the phone. This law is punishable by a fine of up to $2,500 or a year in prison. You know, just talking dirty at Pizza Hut, you can go to jail for a year. You can also get fines and or jail time for swimming or bathing in a city fountain, taking dirt from the airport to outside of the airport, or throwing trash in a public swimming pool. Okay. Those, those last ones don't seem too crazy. Let's find something crazier in Michigan. Michigan has just under 10 million meat sacks living in the Wolverine state. Wolverine. Uh, AKA the Great Lake State. 
And similar to what we discussed regarding the South Carolina law early on in Michigan, it's illegal to seduce and debauch an unmarried woman. Uh, An archaic law in Michigan, uh, which has been on the book since 1931, states that any man who shall seduce and debauch an unmarried woman shall be guilty of a felony. If found guilty, the man can be punished with up to five years in state prison or fined not more than $2,500. Being such an imprecise law, you have to seduce and debauch. uh, It's rarely used. (laughs) Your Honor, did my client seduce the plaintiff? Of course. He's a smooth talker who's good with his hands, better with his mouth. And his penis is so delightful, legend has it, three angels announce every one of his erections with trumpets. But did he debauch her? Did he corrupt her? Did he debase her moral purity? I introduced exhibit XXX to the court, a voice recording my client makes every time he makes love to another sweet lady in an effort to perfect his craft. You can plainly hear the plaintiff's voice saying, and I quote, fuck that pussy till I come and pull it out and shoot it all over my tits. This was clearly not your honor. Becky's first rodeo, as they say. She's every bit the sexual animal my client is. The defense rests. <laughs> Minnesota. I know it's very similar to one we talked about before. Minnesota is next on our crazy law tour stop, the bread and butter state, home to 5.6 million people. And if you know anything about Minnesota, you know that they protect their pigs, right? And they protect their turkeys. You might not know that, but they do. Minnesota state law 343.36 regarding greased pig contests and turkey scrambles. No person shall operate, run, or participate in a contest, game, or other like activity in which a pig, greased, oiled, or otherwise, is released and wherein the object is the capture of the pig, or in which a chicken or turkey is released or thrown into the air, and wherein the object is the capture of the chicken or turkey. Any violation in this section is misdemeanor. Huh. When I was in college, I won some pork, uh, pork chops and a trophy, I think, uh, for catching a pig in some two-bit rodeo that Gonzaga put on. I got my picture in the school paper and everything for chasing down that hog faster than the other people chase down hogs. Don't know, uh, you know, didn't or didn't know my wild, you know, hog chase would be would be a crime in Minnesota. That law was first passed in 1971. I've also broken a more serious Minnesota law numerous times. I've slapped a lot of my friends on their asses over the years. A lot, a lot of good game, buddy, type of ass slaps. Prior to 2016, you could be charged with criminal sexual conduct in the fifth degree for doling out a good game ass slap in Minnesota. Luckily. In 2016, that law was revised and now excludes the intentional touching of the clothing covering the immediate area of the buttocks. A lot of high school basketball coaches resting easier now in the land of 10,000 lakes. Not worried about having to register as a sex offender for tossing out a, you know, sweet, sweet play ass slap. Actually, I don't know if that happens anymore. I did when I was growing up. Did when I was going to school. Uh, looking back on that, I guess it is, I guess it is kind of weird. Uh, now let's enter Missouri with its population of roughly 6.1 million. Missouri has been called the mother of the West, the cave state, and the show me state. And when they talk about show me, they're definitely not talking about show me your naughty bits in Missouri. Actually, one of the most tragic true laws in Missouri is in Springfield, where clothing that shows either side boobs or under boobs in public are banned. Show me state my ass. Proposed in response to free the nipple rallies in 2015, the legislation redefines indecent exposure to now include any segment of boob from the top of the areola down as well as to the side and all of the butt. All of the butt! Stop showing your butt crack! Uh, The legislation mandated that women are now required to cover a greater percentage of their breasts in public and both sexes must cover 100% of their buttocks. We're sick of the crack! There's a crack epidemic in Springfield! Uh, Per the new law, the indecency comes when these areas are shown for the purpose of sexual arousal or gratification. Or, or which is likely to cause affront or alarm. <laughs> That's pretty loose language. 
Well, clearly they're they're trying to cause an affront. Come on, we all see it. And then how fucked up is this? Springfield City Councilman uh, Justin Burnett, who sounds like a huge fucking douchebag. Uh, he's the person who proposed this ordinance, uh, also removed a provision forbidding the showing of covered male genitals in a discernibly turgid state. He freed the boner and covered the nipple. Fuck Justin Burnett. Uh, tricky to determine if those uh, city laws still exist in 2021. Doesn't seem like anyone's actually been charged for indecency under that ordinance. Uh, no word on how many covered boners have been wandering around free in Springfield over the past six years. Uh, Nebraska is next, nicknamed the Corn Husker State because corn, so much corn. They have 1.93 million people, roughly, and lots and lots of corn. We talked earlier about how you can't legally, in theory, get married in Nebraska if you have an STD. What else has gone on over there? In January 2020, State Senator Matt Hansen introduced a bill to eliminate uh, the provision altogether of that whole, you know, uh, venereal disease marriage stuff. Doesn't seem like he's able to eliminate it from what I can find. Uh, Maybe the revision just hasn't been published on the state website yet. Used to be illegal in Nebraska to be ugly in public. I know I'm trying to stick to like current laws, but this one was just too ridiculous for me not to include. (laughs) It was illegal to be ugly in public. According to the Lincoln Police Department, uh, their website, they post old laws on their website. Back at the tail end of the 19th century, quote, any person who is diseased, maimed, mutilated, or in any way deformed so as to be unsightly or disgusting object or an improper person to be allowed, to be allowed in or on the streets, highways, thoroughfares, or public places in this city shall not therein or thereon expose himself or herself to public view under the penalty of a fine of a dollar for each offense. Upon conviction uh, of any person for violation of this section, if it shall seem proper and just, the fine provided for may be suspended and such person detained at the police station where he shall be well cared for until he can be sent to the county poor farm, right? They don't, they're not, not always going to find you. And I'm just going to throw you in jail until, you know, someone can, you know, put a fucking bag over your head and take you outside of town. <laughs> it's just so horrific. Some old police officer. Hey, you, what are you doing walking around in public with that face? My God, you like, you like making children cry? And adults queasy, you, you silly swamp troll? Cover you, cover your greasy mug before we haul you down to the station and try and beat it back to pretty. Uh, I, lo- I love this next state's nickname, the Flickertail State, named after a kind of squirrel. It's North Dakota, giant state where around uh, 762,000 people live. We didn't find a lot uh, of laws crazy than what you've already heard. A couple of weird ones, though. And Fargo, skinny dipping in the Red River is illegal between 8 a.m. and 9 p.m., making it presumably legal from 9.01 p.m. to 7.59 a.m. Nice. Also in Fargo, you can exterminate pigeons, but only if you get a pigeon extermination license first. City Ordinance 11, 1002. No person, firm, or corporation shall exterminate pigeons or other harmful wild birds without first having obtained a permit from the Fargo Health Department. Application for such permits shall be on forms to be provided by the city, and the permit shall specify the method of extermination to be utilized. I included this one because I like that language of, like, they get to choose the method of extermination. And because I'm a fucking monster, (laughs) I just imagine what it would be like if, like, they just wrote on the permit that it had to be a hammer. Fucking, what? A hammer? I have to exterminate him with a hammer? All right. Law's a law. Better go grab some plastic gloves. This is going to be messy. Uh, next is Ohio, the sweet, sweet Buckeye state of uh, right around 11.7 million meat sacks. Some of them my wife's family. Queen of bad magic, Lindsay's home state. 1995, a law was passed in Ohio requiring underground coal mine operators to provide an adequate supply of toilet paper for each toilet. 
They also had to uh, now provide a flush toilet for every 10 miners, hand-washing facilities in addition to the toilets, and showers. This law isn't crazy to me. It's crazy it needed to be passed because clearly some shady-ass fucking coal miner or several of them, some or coal miner operator, was like, <laughs> toilets? Oh, they want toilets? Well, lottie fucking da. Fuck them. They can shit next to the coal they're mining. If you ask me, they can piss on the shit. They can wash their hands on each other's dirty, sweaty fucking faces for like a shower? Okay, okay. They can, they can cry their faces full of black coal dust off if it bothers them so much. You want a nice caring boss? Well, why don't you get out of the coal business? Why don't you serve some, some froyo? Maybe make some, some dollies or something, you sissy fuck. Uh, most of the rest of the supposedly crazy, crazy laws in Ohio. Even ones on actually uh, like lo- local news station websites seem to be a lot of clickbait nonsense. Uh, now we head over to South Dakota, the Mount Rushmore state, around 884,000 people. So many fake sounding South Dakota laws uh, that only show up on those weird sites. Uh, I about gave up on finding a legit one. And then the small city of Huron, about 13,000 people live there, saved the day. It is illegal to create static in Huron between 7 a.m. and 11 p.m. Check out ordinance 932-010 titled Unlawful to Cause Static. It shall be unlawful for any person, firm, or corporation to operate or cause to be operated in the city of Huron. Any machine, device, apparatus, or instrument of any kind whatsoever causing preventable or avoidable interference with television or radio broadcast receiving apparatus between the hours of 7 o'clock a.m. and 11 o'clock p.m. of any day. (laughs) Uh, Also, if it's suspected that one of your devices is causing static, the city electrical inspector... Uh, or his duly authorized deputy. How sad is that? If you're the deputy city electrical inspector in Huron, uh, has a right to enter your premises during reasonable hours. If the inspection determines your device is causing the static, you will be asked to fix the device or turn it off. If you do not fix the static within seven days, you will be subject to penalties provided in section 104130. And what penalties are those? a fine not exceeding $500 or imprisonment for a period of not exceeding 30 days or both. Sorry, you're $500 lighter and sitting in the city jail this month, Hank. Guess maybe you should have taken the static a little more seriously. You know how fucking hard it's been for me to watch my malloc with the static, Hank? You know how hard it is for me to listen to my AM talk radio with all the static, Hank? Malloc and AM radio, it's all I have left in my life. He took it from me. Uh, Now let's move away from static. Move on over to Wisconsin, our last state in the Midwest, before we move into the final region of the West, the Badger State. Full of more than 5.8 million cheeseheads. Wisconsin takes its cheese and its cheese curds very seriously. They've legally mandated that they be highly pleasing, quote, highly pleasing, by law, in order for cheddar, granular, and washed curd cheese, labeled or sold in Wisconsin, to be certified premium grade AA. It must conform to the following. The flavor of Wisconsin certified premium grade double A cheddar, granular, and washed curd cheese shall be fine, highly pleasing, and free from undesirable flavors and odors. The cheese may be the excuse me. The cheese may possess very slight feed flavors. Flavors. There's about 20 pages worth of various legal Wisconsin cheese requirements. I'm not exaggerating. Tens and tens and tens and thousands, or tens of thousands, like I don't know, 50, 60, 70 thousand words. I don't know. I love the wording choice of highly pleasing. I picture some cheese making equivalent of a moonshiner getting busted for trying to pass off some cheese curds that are only mildly pleasing and some highly pleasing grade A, grade double A cheese. 
Hey, Carl, what you doing? Uh, what do you mean, Sean? I think you know what I mean, Carl. I bought some double-A Wisconsin cheese curds here yesterday. And, well, yeah, you, you know. I know. I know what, Sean. They were edible, Carl. I'll give you that. Might be able to cover them with some brown gravy. Make a nice poutine. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty pleasing, but highly pleasing, Carl. <laughs> if those curds are highly pleasing, Carl, then I guess I'm the queen of France. Well, nice to meet you, your majesty. Ah, cut the shit, Carl. You and I both know this isn't double A curd. This is, this is dairy fraud. <laughs> and then cue like a, a sad fist fight in the fucking dairy section of Carl's shop. <laughs> he gets hauled off to cheese jail. I don't know. That's enough of the Midwest. Our last region to visit is the West. Going to work our way back to the craziness of Idaho and beyond. The West comprises 13 states. Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, California, Oregon, Washington, and even Alaska and Hawaii. They're a little further out there. They're still West. And each, and each state has their own brand of crazy laws and tomfoolery. Let's start with the land of the midnight sun, the last frontier known as Alaska. It's roughly 731,000 residents. This is, this is one of the most mind-boggling laws to me. It is legal to go into a bar in Alaska and grab some drinks. But once you are drunk, it is illegal to remain there. That makes about as much sense as throwing a dude out of a strip club for having a boner. 2011 Alaska Statutes, Title IV, Alcoholic Beverages, Chapter 416, Regulation of Sales and Distribution, Section 4, 1630. Prohibited conduct related to drunken persons. A. A licensee, an agent, or employee may not, with criminal negligence, one, sell, give, or barter alcoholic beverages to a drunken person. Two, allow another person to sell, give, or barter an alcoholic beverage to a drunken person within licensed premises. Three, allow a drunken person to enter and remain within licensed premises or to consume an alcoholic beverage within licensed premises. Four, permit a drunken person to sell or serve alcoholic beverages. B, a person receiving compensation for transporting alcoholic beverages may not knowingly deliver alcoholic beverages to a drunken person. Where the fuck is a drunken person supposed to go if not to a bar? And, and I just love how there's no legal language regarding, you know, like being drunk. Like what's the blood alcohol level supposed to be? I guess just like, a, like, like I know it when I see it, you know, kind of situation. And check this out. In 2012, a bunch of, I'm not making this up, a bunch of undercover cops busted a bunch of drunks for being drunk in Alaska bars. They're in the bars. I swear to God. In January of 2012, cops in Alaska started enforcing the statute by sending plainclothes officers into bars to identify and arrest suspects. Oh, you mean, oh, you mean drunk people in bars? Anchorage Police Department Lieutenant Dave Parker told abcnews.com in 2012, it's fairly logical, but it does sound fairly comical at the outset. Alaska has a huge, huge alcohol problem. Most people in jail, whatever they did, their decision-making process was affected by alcohol. Uh, all due respect, Lieutenant Parker, that's fucking nonsense. I mean, it might be true, but legally it's nonsense. It's a stupid fucking law. That's some serious bullshit. It's not, we're not in prohibition times anymore. I don't doubt there's a lot of people in jail for making stupid drunken decisions, right? But this is not the way to solve that issue. Rehab, counseling, education. Okay, but just arresting people for being drunk in a bar. Oh boy. It seems as if that law is not really enforced uh, anymore. I hope it's not. Arizona's our next stop. Known as the Grand Canyon State, has almost 7.3 million people. Uh, if you want to feed some pigs, you plan to sell some garbage <laughs> in Arizona, you can do that. Who's, you know, who's going to stop you? It's your hog. It's your trash. But you better get a permit first if you want to do it legally. Unless your pig is your pet, then, you know, 
you can just let your, you know, pig just live on a diet of frozen dinner packaging and condom wrappers, I guess. Arizona State Statute 32664, permit to feed garbage to swine. No person shall feed garbage to swine without first obtaining a permit from the associate director. All permits shall be renewed during January of each year. This article shall not apply to any person who feeds only his own household garbage to swine, which are raised for his own use. This is so weird. You can sell hog meat to others, meat from pigs raised on trash, but only if you have a permit. Does the permit tell you what kind of trash you can and cannot feed your hog? I hope so. And, and if you don't, you know, uh, you have to get a permit. I, I, or if you like, if it's your pet, if the pig is your pet, I guess it's legal just to, what, just feed your pig just whatever the fuck you feel like giving it. Just old AA batteries, burn out light bulbs, toothpicks, used tampons, toys the kids broke. <laughs> Poor pig, right? I picture just shitting out like mini yard sales every time it has to go to the bathroom, just little parts of things. Also, reminds me of the, the Robert Picton suck. Get the pickest throats. Hey, get, get the front butt. Uh, napkins to eat. Get the, get the pickest some front butt napkins to eat, eh? Come on, Bobby Wheeler. Feed him some of Mama's yeast. See if it don't get him drunk, eh? Feed him the last month's dinner meat from off the counter. Papa don't pick it out of my hair. Voice is kind of strong enough uh, to come to, to be back. Or <laughs> kind of strong enough to bring Mama Picton back. It's probably how I fucked my voice up in the first place. I'm, I'm sure no one is grateful to have heard that. I still like doing her some, from time to time for some reason. Now on to, to Golden State, California, the most populous of all the states, around 40 million people. And this is one of my favorite ones. This is so weird. This just paints a picture in my mind. Kern County, California, uh, around Bakersfield, apparently had some titty pillow problems. Not kidding. And they uh, attempted to legislatively solve them. Title IX, Public Peace, Morals, and Welfare. Chapter 912, Offenses Against Public Decency, Section a 10. Let's get some music going. Subsection A. Finding of fact leading to enactment. Residents of the county have petitioned the Board of Supervisors of the county to prevent persons who display, sell, or offer to sell upholstered or stuffed articles depicting, simulating, or caricaturing female breasts from vending such articles at sites adjacent to and near county highways. Those petitioners have represented... And this Board of Supervisors finds that county highways regularly are traversed by adults and children who have no recourse except to use those highways going to and from school to play and recreation to stores, offices, churches, and otherwise following their daily activities. And that vending such articles adjacent to and near county highways is indecent, offensive to the census, an unwarranted intrusion upon the rights of adults and children freely to use the county highways and their legitimate comings and goings and to be free in such travels from vulgar, sexist, and exploitive displays and exhibitions by the vendors thereof. The petitioners have represented in the Board of Supervisors finds that unlike indecent and vulgar displays in movies, newspapers, television, and other places, the offensiveness of which can be prevented or controlled by turning off the set, canceling the subscription, declining to purchase, or non-attendance, the hawking of those articles named by its vendor and sold as, quote, booby pillows. <laughs> Along the public highways is a species of indecency and vulgarity which cannot be ignored or controlled by passerby, which assails the eyes and minds of all who are required to use county highways and which should be barred and controlled for the peace, safety, and welfare of the unincorporated areas of the county. Subsection B. Display and sale banned within 1,000 feet of highways. No vendor shall send stuffed articles depicting the female breasts sold as booby pillows within 1,000 feet of any county highway. Subsection C. Regulation of display more than 1,000 feet from highways. No vendor shall 
Vend. Stuffed articles depicting the female breasts sold as booby pillows anywhere in the unincorporated area of the county unless they is prominently displayed at the point of vending a written consent to vending given to the vendor by the owner of the property on which the vending occurs. Identifying the vendor and the owner of such property and describing such property in detail. Dated more th- no more than five days earlier than any date on which vending occurs. Describing in detail the articles to be vended and explicitly stating the permission of the owner to allow the vendor in a- to engage in vending such articles on the property. No articles, equipment, or stock and trade shall be visible to minors of normal visual acuity from any part of any sidewalk, shoulder, or travel portion of the county highway adjacent to any boundary of the property used for such vending and still not done! Each article involved in such vending is plainly and indelibly labeled as required by the provisions of Article 5 of Chapter 3 of Division 8 of the Business and Professions Code. It's going on so long I have to hit another button. This is absurd. In the absence of the proof of, to the contrary, it shall be presumed that a vending site more than 1,000 feet from a county highway at which there are booby pillows or other stock and trade of the type described in paragraph of this subsection is not visible to minors of normal acuity viewing it from any part of the sidewalk, shoulder, or travel portion of such adjacent county highway. Still not done, motherfuckers! Violation, a misdemeanor. Violation of subsections B or C of this section is a misdemeanor punishable by a fine of not more than $500 or imprisonment in the county jail for not more than 90 days or by both such fine and imprisonment each day of violation shall constitute a separate offense. Uh, It doesn't seem like anyone was ever punished under this statute. It's actually pretty unconstitutional according to a couple of articles about it. A fair amount of press uh, came out about this one. There have been similar statutes passed around the country. People have sued, shut them down. Clearly, I think some uh, some carny types were selling some stuffed titty pillows along the roads where some county commissioners were, you know, traveling along to take their kids to preschool or something, and somebody finally snapped. <laughs> Maybe somebody heard their little, you know, preschooler, Daddy, why why have mommy's chest breasts on a uh, road pillow? What, what was that, honey? Oh, my God! Close your eyes, child! Damn you, carnies! The indecency! How dare you flaunt those devil titties! Or child of a child can see them oh my god and then you know maybe that weird misogynistic prude just drove down the road you know with a shameful boner made him angrier i'll put a stop to this i'll drive out those titty pillow vendors where are some of you people afraid of breasts what about the children what about them right they probably like the sight of tits most people do men and women of various sexual persuasions Right? They're not just sexual either. They're, they can feed babies. They can just be. Maybe more people should, uh, you know, see them more often. Learn how to fucking control themselves around them. Not regress to animalistic fuckboys every time a little nipple slips out. I love tits. I, I, they're great. They're great. Hey, Lucifina, long live booby pillows. Whatever the hell those things are. Now we're going to move on to the uh, Rocky Mountains, Colorado, the Centennial State. 2019, they had just over 5.7 million people. I imagine they have a similar amount now in Boulder, Colorado. It's legal to use fighting words unless they're directed at an officer of the law. Then it actually is illegal until they ask you to stop. Then it's illegal again. Pretty weird. Check out Boulder Charter and Revised Code Title V General Offenses, Chapter 3, Offenses Against the Person, Section 6, Use of Fighting Words. No person shall with intent to harass, annoy, or alarm another, repeatedly insult, taunt, or challenge another in a manner likely to provoke a disorderly response. If the person to whom such insult, taunt, or challenge is directed is a police officer, there is no violation of this section until the police officer requests the person to cease and discontinue the conduct. 
but the person repeats or continues the conduct. So weird. Guys, take the handcuffs off. Yes, he screamed, go fuck yourself, motherfucker, eat my shit. You suck harder than your mom does with my dick in your mouth. Those are certainly fighting words. I'm not going to argue with you there. However, when he was yelling that, you know, uh, the officer had not asked him to not yell stuff like that. It was a, it was a plain clothes, you know, officer. So he, he didn't know. So, you know, no crime, no crime. Also, an Aspen is technically illegal to have a snowball fight. It is illegal to launch things at a person or property through not only catapults, but also slingshots, blowguns, and good old-fashioned snowball fights. The catapult part of this law is my favorite that they included that. Like, who took their snowball fight that far <laughs> and just ruined things for everyone else? I just I just pictured some locals with a big trebuchet, like just launching giant snowballs downtown, just hitting tourists, blasting tourists, like knocking them to the ground. Load the snowball! Aim the snowball. Fire the snowball. <laughs> it just takes out some rich tourists. You know, looking forward to skiing the next day. Just fucking blast them. Uh, let's now go way west, all the way to Hawaii, the Aloha State. It's under one and a half million residents. Hawaii has arguably America's most beautiful beaches. Hawaii's awesome. I hope to go back many times. I'd love to go back and walk down the beach with a nice tropical drink in my hand, an adult beverage, but that's illegal. It's illegal to have an open container of alcohol on the beaches of Hawaii. If caught, expect a decent chance of being fined uh, $200 to $300, according to some tourist sites, according to some travel blogs, enforce this regularly. So I suggest bring an extra 300 bucks, you know, if, if, you, if you have it, for your next Hawaiian vacation, because that feels like a law worth breaking. Uh, various websites claim that Hawaii has much crazier laws, like it's illegal to put coins in your ears, but these have either been repealed long ago or just never existed in the first place. Now we've made it back to the home of the suck dungeon, the gem state, Idaho, roughly 1.8 million residents. We already discussed a bunch of laws against sodomy and blowjobs and adultery, et cetera, in Idaho towards the front of the suck. Idaho is also the only state that we know of that has an active specific ban on cannibalism. <laughs> Idaho state statutes, title 18, crime and punishments, chapter 50, mayhem. It's a fun chapter. Section 18, 5003, cannibalism defined, punishment. Any person who willfully ingests the flesh or blood of a human being is guilty of cannibalism. It shall be an affirmative defense to a violation of the provisions of this section that the action was taken under extreme life-threatening conditions as the only apparent means of survival. Cannibalism is punishable by imprisonment in the state prison not exceeding 14 years. So cannibalism actually is legal if you can prove you needed to eat somebody to survive. Also, who came up with a very odd number of 14 years as the maximum punishment for cannibalism? Right, there was a discussion that led to that. <laughs> like one person was like, no more than 20 years. And someone else, 20 years? Oh, that's, that's way too much. I mean, yeah, they ate somebody. But 20 years? Okay, all right. Uh, 10 then. 10? Are you crazy? If we only give cannibals 10 years, well, everyone's going to be eating everybody. Well, they're 15 then. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That seems a wee bit too harsh still. I, I don't fucking, okay, 14 then. Nailed it. That's exactly what I was thinking. 14. That's perfect. Also, note to Idaho legislators, uh, you misspelled willfully in that, in that law. Uh, Montana is up next. The big sky state. One of the last stops on our immense journey around the country, Montana. Also known as the treasure state, home to roughly 1.1 million very spread out people. Some Frisbee golfers clearly riled up some local business owners in Helena a while back in the mid-90s. The city had to pass an ordinance, 2797. On June 23rd, 1997, it says, no person shall play or engage in the game of FALF or throw... <laughs> Does anybody call it FALF? 
Maybe they do. Or throw a golf disc at nighttime in any area within the business improvement district that has not been sanctioned by a designated golf course by the city. Penalty. Any person violating the provisions of this chapter is guilty of a misdemeanor and may, upon conviction, be punished by a fine not to exceed $500 or imprisoned in jail for a term not to exceed six months or both. <laughs> six months seems really, really, really harsh. Excuse me. Uh, I love that he designated this law only for nighttime. <laughs> Someone put a Frisbee golf disc through one too many windows in downtown Helena. And then some business owner raised hell at a city council meeting. Uh, I know this law isn't really that crazy. I just thought it was funny. So so specific. Five more states, and then we've touched on all 50. The Silver State is the nickname of Nevada. And our next stop, home of Las Vegas, a handful of counties with legal prostitution and three million people. I roughly call this largely desert state home. And if you were uh, hoping to use an x-ray machine to determine someone's uh, shoe size, well, you better have some fine money handy. The Nevada State Law NRS 202-245 shoe fitting device or machine using x-ray or radiation states. A person shall not operate or maintain any shoe fitting device or shoe fitting machine, which loses fluoroscopic x-ray or radiation principles. <laughs> Where did this come from? Any person violating the provision of this section is guilty of a misdemeanor. Who took finding out what someone's shoe size is all the way to the fucking x-ray? And I probably shouldn't criticize anything involving shoe sizing since I wore the wrong size shoe for, you know, over 15 years of my adult life. Not kidding. I wear a 12, but for over 15 years, crammed my toes into an 11 and just assumed like an idiot that shoes were supposed to be super tight around the toes. But an x-ray, you can't just have a shoe salesman size it with one of their little metal shoe sizer thingies that I finally used. Or, you, or, or use, you know, one of these like fancy new shoe sizing machines like they have down the street at Fleet Feet. It doesn't emit a radiation. This law isn't crazy to me. It's just crazy that it had to be passed because somebody was using x-rays to determine shoe size. Next stop, New Mexico, right? The land of enchantment. Nearly 2.1 million people. Uh, new Mexico is the wrong state to trip a horse in. All right? You want to trip a horse or a donkey, a horse, a pony, a mule, or, or a hinny? The offspring of a male horse and a female donkey? Well, you better get the fuck out of New Mexico. You, you might be charged with a felony. 2006, New Mexico Statute, Section 30, 1811. Unlawful tripping of an equine. Exception. Unlawful tripping of an equine consists of intentionally using a wire, pole, stick, rope, or any other object to cause an equine to lose its balance or fall for the purpose of sport or entertainment. The provisions of subsection A of this section do not apply to laying an equine down for medical or identification purposes. As used in this section, equine means a horse, pony, mule, donkey, or a hinny. Whoever commits unlawful tripping of an equine is guilty of a misdemeanor. Whoever commits unlawful tripping of an equine that causes the maiming, crippling, or death of the equine is guilty of a fourth-degree felony. The defendant con convicted of a fourth-degree felony in New Mexico could face up to 18 months in prison and a fine up to $5,000. Why was this passed? I picture some asshole just running around leg sweeping horses at fucking, you know, city parade, county parade or something. Just getting away with it because they didn't have the right law passed. Arrest that man, Sheriff. He's tripping those horses. I cannot, Mr. Mayor. It is legal. But what about the hennies, Sheriff? What about the sweet, sweet hennies he's tripping? Well, he can trip hennies all day long, Mr. Mayor. It's every New Mexican right. Uh, right. To, to trip to any henny, he or she shall feel like tripping. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Now on to Oregon, the Beaver State, home to just over 4.2 million Oregonians. And many of them apparently have taken things too far in public restrooms in Portland over the years. This makes sense to me. 
having been to Portland many times. Uh, the city had to pass a, a new law because it's nonsense. Portland City Statute 14A 50 110, misuse of a public restroom. This section applies to permanent and temporary structures erected or placed for use as public restrooms. It's unlawful to stand, climb, sit upon, or lay down on any fixture or floor located inside of or at the entrance of any restroom located in a public building or on public property unless that fixture or floor is intended to be used for standing, climbing, sitting, or lying upon. It is unlawful for two or more persons to occupy any restroom that is specifically designed for use by only one person and that is located in a public building or on public property unless one of those persons is assisting a handicapped person or persons, a child or children under 12 years of age, or an elderly person or person in need of assistance. It is unlawful for any person to engage in disorderly or disruptive conduct inside of or at the entrance to any restroom located in a public building or on public property. It is unlawful for any person to fuck in our bathroom! Stop fucking in our bathrooms, you bastards! It's bad enough we have a homeless population large enough to make a once beautiful city feel like a third world country. I know we're not going to stop you from shooting up your heroin downtown. I know we can't stop you from shitting on the sidewalks or from sleeping in the entryways to businesses or from scaring away customers from already struggling businesses with insane brands fueled by hard drug abuse and untreated mental illness. I don't even think we can stop somebody from openly jerking off in the middle of the goddamn street. But could you please stop fucking in our bathrooms? Is that, that last part I was not in the law. I added the last yelling part. But I feel like tonally it, it fit. And I feel like the legislature, I feel like it was the, the spirit, it captured the spirit of legislation. Uh, I've been in a number of public restrooms over the years doing lots of shows in Portland. I got to say, I do get this law. Uh, there's some insanely filthy bathrooms there. Uh, not a crazy law, just again, kind of a crazy response. Uh, or sorry, not, not response, uh, just kind of crazy that it needed to be passed. Utah is our next pit stop, known as the Beehive State. Utah has some 3.2 million people. We talked earlier about their hard stance against cousin fucking they don't, they don't take to cousin fuckery in Utah. Utah also is worried about catastrophes. It's, it's illegal to cause a catastrophe. State law defines a catastrophe as widespread injury or damage caused by weapons of mass destruction, explosion, fire, flood, avalanche, or building collapse. Well, that's probably, probably, probably fair. Uh, during said catastrophe, there's another law. You can't sell alcohol while the chaos ensues. Fair. I feel like that is, you know, it's kind of like throwing gas on a fire, I guess. Also illegal to specifically hurl a missile at a bus. <laughs> they seem very worried about some kind of dystopian situation breaking out. A lot of anarchy. State law 7610-1505, discharging firearms and hurling missiles into buses and terminals. Any person who discharges a firearm or hurls a missile <laughs> at or into any bus or terminal shall be guilty of a third degree felony. The prohibition of this section does not apply to elected or appointed peace officers or commercial security personnel who discharge firearms or hurl missiles in the course and scope of their employment. Sometimes, you know, just another day of the job, you got to hurl some missiles. You can, you can hurl a missile at a bus if you're an officer of the law. Of course you can. Such weird phrasing, hurling a missile. <laughs> uh, has that literally ever happened? I mean, it, it has. Just not like I was first thinking. Any object that's been forcibly propelled at a target, either by hand or from a mechanical weapon, is technically a missile. I just feel like they should have used the word projectile. Replace it with projectile. Missile makes it sound like, like yeah, again, like some kind of dystopian situation where, you know, terrorists are just blowing the fuck out of buses. With the missile has gone Mad Max. Uh, now into the Evergreen State of Washington and it's 7.6 million residents where in at least one county, maybe two, it is literally illegal to kill Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Skamania County, Washington, considers itself a Bigfoot refuge. And a 1984 ordinance states that killing this endangered ape-like creature can get you a year in jail, $1,000 fine or both. And in 1991, at least according to a few sources, Whatcom County may also uh, have made uh, killing a Sasquatch illegal. Pretty crazy to pass a law about, you know, killing a mythical creature. 
I mean, passed as a joke, I'm sure, but, you know, still, you know, pretty crazy. Uh, hey, Dan, uh, David Hatcher Childers here, uh, resident Suckford's cryptid expert. I just want to point out how important it is that we do legally protect Sasquatches. There have been uh, more Pacific Northwest uh, cryptid sightings recently, only a matter of time before we document their existence for skeptics like yourself. And if we were to kill the first Sasquatch we were able to showcase to the world, I think $1,000 is is much too light. Uh, I think life in prison or or perhaps the, the death penalty. Uh, David, I keep telling you that I didn't hire you. And I want and I want you to stop interrupting the show. Now, go, go on. Go on. Get out of here. Okay. okay. Yeah, no problem. I'll just... Uh, I'll just talk to you, you know, when you're done, I'll just be outside. Sorry about that. Yeah, I just can't seem to get uh, David Hatcher Childress to stay away from the suck dungeon. One last stop in the West and on our trip, Wyoming, the 10th largest state by area, also the least populous, just under 600,000 people. And you got to be real careful about how you cut a sheep's ear in Wyoming unless you want to spend up to five years in prison. 2019 Wyoming Statutes, Title 11. Agriculture, livestock, other animals. Chapter 30, Offenses Concerning Livestock and Other Animals, Section 1131.13. Unlawful Cutting of Ears of Sheep. A. It is unlawful for any person willfully to cut, sever, detach, or mutilate more than one half of either ear of any sheep or to unlawfully have it in his possession or under his control any sheep which have more than one half of either ear removed or mutilated unless the same are so described in a bill of sale or other certificate of title covering the sheep. Sheep afflicted by big head are exempt from the provisions of this section. B, any person who violates the provisions of subsection A of this section is guilty of a felony punishable by imprisonment for not more than five years. I'm guessing this law was passed regarding like tagging sheep's ears for livestock identification. They just want to prevent some asshole from like being real sloppy and just needlessly mangling their sheep's ear. This is very darkly funny to me that you can fuck up up to half of a sheep's ear. You, you can cut off half of it, but you take two thirds. Oh, you spend five years in prison, right? For a first offense, or you can 45% of the ear, no punishment whatsoever. Totally fine. 55% of the ear, five years in prison. That seems extreme. That's, that's quite a jump. That's like you drive 55 miles an hour in a 55 mile per hour zone. Okay, fine. That's that's legal, obviously. You're within the legal speed limit. You hit 56, okay, all right, five years in prison. <laughs> and and what and what is that weird? I, I should have looked up big head, afflicted by big head. I didn't bother, I, that didn't catch me when I was going through the first couple of times, but now it just stands out. Like uh, like like you can if they, got, if they got something called big head. Well, sure. You got one of them damn big head sheep. You can cut 95% of their ear off. You still have more ear than a normal sheep because those uh, sheep have heads the size of boulders. All right. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's that's the, that's our legal tour of the U.S. That was fun. Good pick, Space Lizards. Thanks for voting that one in on the Time Suck app while back. Uh, what did you all learn from the totality of all that? For me, it was another reminder that just because someone's in charge or because, you know, a group of people are in charge doesn't mean they actually know what they're doing or that they don't make mistakes. Uh, to be fair, though, to legislators, the overwhelming majority of laws on the books are actually pretty reasonable. Do I hate a lot of them? Yeah. I've, you know, I've made some of my legal stances on certain issues here on time, so painfully clear. But even when I vehemently degree, I can usually at least see the logic that leads to most laws. 
Not in a lot of these today. Also, uh, today was a reminder for me that we as a species are often out of our fucking minds. A lot of the laws we covered today would have never ended up on the books if it wasn't for so many idiots roaming around doing super dumb shit. Don't eat in a birding building. Don't barter a baby. Don't trip a hinny. Time now for today's top five takeaways. Time suck. Top five takeaways. Number one, don't toss any dwarves in any Florida bars. It's illegal. And maybe don't do it anyplace else either because it just just sounds like a dick move. Number two, even though it's illegal to use a ferret to hunt in West Virginia, I say go for it anyway. Don't let Uncle Sam or any of his West Virginia cousins tell you what kind of beast master you're allowed to be. Number three, Idaho. Maybe the dumbest loss. Over 40 Idahoans still forced to register as sex offenders for consensually sucking dick or getting their dick sucked consensually or for some, you know, enjoyable butt play. Crimes against nature. The crimes against nature still being on the books. Uh, the fact that it is, is is a crime against common sense, I think, an attack on, and an attack on personal liberties. Number four, don't go waving around more than half a dozen dildos in Texas, right? Uh, <laughs> if you don't want to get, you know, possibly some kind of some kind of fine. If the dildo don't fit, you must not acquit. Number five, something new. All right, the U.S. has some weird laws, but so does the rest of the world. Thailand is a constitutional monarchy. And you best not disrespect the royal family when in Thailand. It's illegal to talk shit about them in public. And since royals' pictures are on their currency, it's actually illegal to step on money in Thailand. Uh, It's illegal to feed pigeons in Venice, Italy. You can get fined $700. And finally, since 2014, it has been illegal in a small town in Poland, Tuzin, for children to wear Winnie the Pooh clothing at school because the bear is of, quote, dubious sexuality, is inappropriately dressed, and is half naked. Good job, Polish officials. Way to keep the children safe from the devious sexual influence of Winnie the Pooh. No Polish joke needed on that one. They, uh, they, they, they did it to themselves. Time suck. Top five takeaways. U.S. Crazy Laws has been sucked. Hope you enjoyed that strange ride. Uh, thank you to the Bad Magic Productions team for the help in making Time Suck every week. Queen of Bad Magic, Lindsay Cummins. Reverend Dr. Joe Paisley, the script keeper, Zach Flannery, Sophie Fact, Sorceress Evans, Bit Elixir, Logan, the art warlock, Keith, running badmagicmerch.com, working on our socials along with Liz Hernandez, who admins our private Facebook groups along with her all-seeing eyes. Thanks to all those who've joined the new Cult of the Curious private Facebook group, right? The Zuckerberg police can shut down one of our sites, but they haven't stopped us. And again, remember, you can listen to the beginning of the episode um, about, you know, all of the, uh, the the subgroups that are out there and more will be forming and we're helping you form them now. Also, thanks to Beefsteak and his mod squad over uh, on Time Suck Discord channel. Uh, congrats to round 10 trivia winner, Deadhead Zed, a.k.a. Jake Zog. Uh, 6,201 points, took home the Cowboy Pigeon Trophy, a signed certificate, and got a $50 gift certificate. Thanks to everyone who plays the weekly trivia game on the Time Suck app. Next week, we return to True Crime. So talk about early 20th century German serial killer, Carl Denke, a man who killed just before the time of Albert Fish. Shoebiz! Peanut butter! Carl is often called the forgotten cannibal. He seems to have killed over 30 people, possibly eaten some, possibly fed them to others. He ran a little uh, shop that sold meat. Then many think the meat was humans and more echoes of uh, Bobby Willett there. He kept a ledger regarding his victims. It had 31 entries, including one man who luckily escaped. He may have killed more than 30, Due to the amount of human remains found in his home after he killed himself shortly after being arrested, he's suspected of having killed 42 or more. We'll explore him and Germany around the, 20th, uh, around the turn of the 20th century. He's born in 1816, died in, 18, in 1924. Next week on Time Suck. And now let's head on over to this week's Time Sucker updates. Update. 
updates. Get your time sucker updates. Our first update comes from Suck242. Jameson Whiskey and Cannibalism. Awesome sack. Holden. Oh boy. Uh, Minich Sulfur. Share some really cool whiskey information with us all. Writing. I love this. Uh, Howdy Suck Master Supreme. I was listening to Jameson Whiskey Suck. I could not stop laughing when you were talking about monks making whiskey to deal with the joy sucked from their life. <laughs> I actually have a very interesting connection to this part of the suck because of where I go to school. I'm a student at St. John's University, a Catholic college in central Minnesota. The Benedictine history within the whiskey business rings true here, as back during the Prohibition days, a monk from the college named Brother Justice taught the locals how to properly brew their moonshine so it wasn't like drinking paint thinner. He went so far as to build the copper stills that the local farmers would use to brew their whiskey. This helped many area farmers lift themselves out of poverty as their brewing, called Minnesota 13, became some of the most sought after in Minnesota during Prohibition. Brother Justice said that just because moonshining was illegal, by no means... Was it immoral? Love it. It makes me laugh knowing that it was a monk from my school leading the moonshine operation during this era as monks are notorious for following doctrine and rules. Now there is a Minnesota-made whiskey named in honor of Brother Justice with their distillery right in the Twin Cities and made using only Minnesota barley and grains and aged northern white oak barrels. Having personally had this whiskey myself, it is one of the smoothest I've ever had and it is made even better knowing the story behind it. Thanks for taking the time to read my rambling. Just an interesting connection I had to this week's suck. Keep on sucking. Three out of five stars. Best wishes and hail Lucifina. Holden. Holden, I love that you shared that info with us. I will definitely try to remember to drink some Brother Justice whiskey uh, when I'm in Minnesota next. And uh, sounds like uh, other time suckers, other meat sacks, maybe give it a shot too. I love the story behind it. And it sounds delicious. Uh, quick update now from a discerning sack, Kevin Gotzern, or, or Gortzen, there we go, who uh, calls me out about my uh, my accents in the Jameson Suck, writing, as someone who grew up a bit in Scotland, your accent is that bad. Dan, it sounds more like a Russian Ed Gein than a Scotsman. Kisses, love you. That's fair. Okay, that's fair, Kevin. It's fair. Uh, thank God you and the rest of the Time Suck audience do not come here for my accurate <laughs> impression skills. They're always so much better in my head than they are in real life. It's, it's kind of like, um, I don't know if you, do, I don't know if a lot of you do this, but a lot of times I'll, I'll convince myself I have a great singing voice because I'm singing along with, uh, you know, like songs being played in the, in the truck or whatever. And then sometimes I'll sing the same song just by myself where there's no music around. I'll be like, ah, shit. That wasn't nearly as good as I was hoping. Uh, Super Sucker CJ now sharing some more on drugs thoughts. He writes, Dan, I wanted to write in about how, about an often forgotten reason why the war on drugs is bad for our society. The American criminal justice system's focus on drugs allows violent offenders to take a plea deal and inform on drug dealers. You know, because a guy peddling pot is more dangerous than someone who's literally stabbing people. When I was 17, I got jumped by a couple of guys who wanted money. When I gave them the $3 in my pocket, the guy holding a knife in front of my face wasn't satisfied, tried to stab me in the fucking eye, left a nice little scar next to my left eye to remember him by. 10 very violent minutes later, I'm being arrested for two counts of assault and battery, brought to the county jail, took a deal for probation, registering my hands and feet and anger management classes after spending nearly two months in jail, waiting for my day in court. The second mugger received a similar sentence to mine, but the asshole who stabbed me was a police informant and literally spent a weekend in a holding cell for trying to kill someone for being broke. I lost a college scholarship, uh, the right to go to said college, and my life's plan because I defended myself against a narc and had no one to rat on. I wanted to be a teacher, and I wish this was a rare story, but where I live, police informants do whatever the fuck they want with little to no repercussions. Just wanted to add to the discussion, CJ. Damn, CJ. Uh, that is an intense story. I hadn't thought of the police informant angle, but that is super fucked up. Makes me think about how certain cartel leaders 
responsible for multiple murders don't get in trouble because they're also informants helping take down other cartel leaders for largely drug violations. So that is pretty insane. I appreciate you adding the discussion, uh, and I hope you get back on track for the life that you want. Uh, Hail Nimrod, man. Uh, Bad magician Taylor Baldwin now shares more whiskey info with us. Man, I love whiskey. Uh, Taylor writes, hey, Sock Master. First, I'd like to say I'm a big fan of your comedy, all your podcasts. I'm a quality control chemist at Jim Beam. And you were saying on the last podcast that you didn't know why Tennessee whiskey isn't just called bourbon. One of the legal stipulations for a beverage to be called a bourbon is that they have no added flavoring. And at least for Jack Daniels, it is filtered through a maple sugar charcoal mixture to give it a smoother finish, but also add some sweet notes to the liquid. That's why it's not considered bourbon. All right. Thank you. That makes sense. Uh, If you see any of the flavored bourbons like Jim Beam Fire or Apple on the bottle, it's actually labeled as liquor infused with bourbon, not as a bourbon. Also, the Japanese brand Suntory owns Jim Beam and a lot of other alcohol brands, including Old Crow, which is bottled where I work. (laughs) And your rant about Old Crow made me feel like I need to defend it because I work here, but I can't. You were spot on uh, accurate. That shit is nasty, LOL. (laughs) Anyway, just wanted to give you that fun fact. Keep up the good work. Keep on sucking. Fellow dummy spacers and creeper, Taylor. And Taylor, I'll I'll leave your last name out of it. I know you included it, but just, I don't want you to get fired for... You know, uh, <laughs> saying that Old Crow is in fact shitty. I appreciate you added some whiskey knowledge for us all and that you did confirm my assessment of Old Crow. Speaking of like whiskey classifications, I think Old Crow should be reclassified as ditch whiskey. One more Old Crow related message coming in from an anonymous co-ed sucker who writes, greetings suck master. I'm currently listening to Jameson Whiskey Suck. I'm a student at the University of Idaho. Go, go Vandals. Awesome. And last year in February, 2020, right before COVID, we were underage and stupid. Most of us, 18 and 19. All right, underage and stupid, as you should be. My roommate uh, and I went to a dorm party and one of the girls was passing around Old Crow and saying how it's the best whiskey out there. (laughs) And all three of us were taking swigs of it. Long story short, we ended up at a frat party and walking home in the snow, I ended up landing face first in a snow drift twice and puking my guts out in the parking lot of our dorm. When you brought up Old Crow, I immediately started to dry heave. Thank you for the reminder to never drink that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for the show and uh, thank you for the amazing work. Also, if you could not mention my name, that would be great. I'm still underage and going to U of I. Well, thank you, underage anonymous co-ed. Uh, you did list your real name in the email and I have forwarded it to the uh, campus police at University of Idaho. So they should, they probably already arrested you. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think they would care even if I send it. Uh, I love that tale. It takes me back to college, falling down in two snow drifts, puking your guts out in a parking lot. That sounds like a solid old crow night. Sounds like you got off easy, if anything. I suggest... Next time, uh, try Tullamore Dew. It doesn't cost much more, actually, than Old Crow. Not really. And it's a great Irish whiskey. Very smooth. Doesn't have that gasoline aftertaste. Last message is another whiskey-related one. Some more interesting uh, just whiskey trivia. I got a lot of whiskey messages this past week. It's awesome. LDS Sweet Sack and Whiskey Trivia Bringer. Tom Cook shares the following. Howdy, Chief Sucker and the smooth spokesman of our friend Woody. Doing Woody right now would probably just destroy what's left of my voice now. Uh, as usual, fantastic suck on whiskey. Oh, thank you. As I was listening and you brought up, uh, and I know I messed this word up because I got messages on this too. Alawa. Alawa in Clackmanshire Council area, like a county in the US. My family was descended from there and it's not a big area. Growing up Mormon, uh, I have done a, a lot of family history, learning about the area and family accomplishments. Now here's a fun fact. Well, I'm sure the LDS church will now publicize this. The people who placed the angel Moroni on the Salt Lake Temple the surname was Hunter, if you're curious. We're from Clackmannan in the same county as Alawa. 
Here is where the church may get a little testy with me for telling this, but my ancestors, while going to Salt Lake for provisions from Tooele County, whiskey was always brought back for the family. And while some fellow fellow LDS pioneers got a little grumpy about that, my great-great-grandmother said, this is a treat for my sons doing the Lord's work. The water of life helped fuel the Salt Lake Temple and the Angel Moroni construction. (laughs) That is awesome. Thanks again for giving all of us curious people new knowledge that we probably never would have researched on our own. Keep up the awesome work. Can't wait to see you when you come through Salt Lake City, Utah again. World's worst Mormon <laughs> and fellow servant of Nimrod, Tom Cook. Uh, thanks, Tom. Nice to know some scotch went into the building of the temple, Salt Lake City, and with the Angel of Moroni construction. A treat for some men doing the Lord's work. I bet a lot of people have justified drinking a lot of whiskey that way. After a long day of working, I like to treat myself with some whiskey. I'm going to have some whiskey after uh, recording this podcast. Trying to treat myself less during the week, keep it to the weekend, but it's always tempting. Nice nice glass of cold whiskey. I, I, like, I like it uh, a little cool. I don't, I don't love it neat. That's quite the treat after a long, hard day. So cheers, Meat Sacks. Hope you uh, all are working hard and occasionally rewarding yourself with something refreshing. Thanks for continuing to send in the message. Next time, suckers. I needed that. We all did. Did I just say thanks for continuing to send in the message? That sounds like some weird culty shit. The message is the Time Sucker Updates. Thanks for listening also to another Bad uh, Magic Productions podcast. Uh, Please don't get caught with seven or more dildos in Texas this week. But if you do, you know, for, for the story, how about you hand them to whoever's writing you the ticket and ask them to throw it away and start and then keep on sucking instead. Hey, what's up? Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm just oh, whoa! Whoa! What? A blue vacuum on a recording day in the Time Suck Studio? Yeah. Oh my God! Is that WD40? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just. Oh my God! You just broke what? ordinance forty-seven six seven four six. Five years in prison minimum. What? For bringing a blue vacuum into uh, the studio on a recording day with a can of WD40. Otherwise, it would have been a fine. But both, I can't. I can't not report this. All right, I'll put it back. Put it back. Oh my God. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, We've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.